1: Oh, baby! What a catch! Kenny got day. You're a freak! What a catch! Touchdown, Detroit Lions!
0: Cornbread! I love the Lions! Say it with me!
1: Detroit Kool Aid, Detroit Kool Aid drinkers, as Grifka would say, welcome to the Detroit Kool Aid, everybody. Here on a Friday, we are here talking lions, (laughs) serving up that Kool Aid. It's gonna be a good show. Gonna be a fun show, everybody. The one and only Grifka in the building. Oh baby, Grifka, how are you?
0: Oh, it's uh, the new year, so I'm waiting for Derek to do his drop. That was the Happy New Year because you do it so much better than me. But uh, you know. (laughs) It's uh, been, you know, it's nice to see the the year change, you know, hopefully everything's going to get better, stuff will get back to normal, and you can go out to uh, see people again, hang out with your friends, but uh, in the meantime, everybody stay safe, and, uh, you know, Happy New Year, and thank God it's Friday.
1: Which is what?
0: (laughs) pgif
1: What is this Happy New Year that I have? I don't have a Happy New Year drop.
0: You always used to – who was the Detroit sports writer whenever you would see him?
1: Yeah, that's –
0: Past that's, him, you'd always be like,
1: happy. <laughs> that's Wojo, man. That's, that's not a drop. That's a real person. and It's oh, something that's, like this. <laughs> happy New Year. Woo. <laughs> that's how you would do it every time. Only <laughs> you well, would do it in like July. <laughs> and so I saw him at that tailgate, yeah. <laughs> and instead of saying like, hey, that's Wojo, or hey, Mr. Uh, Wojowski, how you doing? I said, happy New Year. And he said, "Happy New Year!" Woo. Right.
0: He gave he gave you a wave.
1: <laughs> no, I, I think he gave me Happy New Year back, didn't he? I mean, that's all the guy says. He's like, one of yeah, he did. Toys. He gave
0: you a wave. He acknowledged yeah,
1: it. Yeah, I mean, Nothing it's legendary. In when
0: you do
1: that. <laughs> Wojo is one of my favorite guys because, like, <laughs> he's he's that old, funny sports writer that I don't know that he has any kids or married. He does all this funny stuff off the air too, but he's just like a. I don't know. He just like that guy that like either never grew up or just enjoys life and doesn't have to go with the same old, same old. Like I always liked that about him and he's just, a, he's just like your funny uncle that you always hang out with. Cause they just tell funny stories and do goofy stuff, even though they're like, what's Wojo? probably like 55, 65 years old, something like that, <laughs> but he's still funny. So yeah. a good dude. But, uh, but yeah, man, like I said, yeah. we had a, we had a, we had a fun show on Wednesday. We talked about, uh, You know, we barely talked about Tampa Bay because there wasn't anything to talk about. 47-7, absolute embarrassment. Then I got on a big old hot take rant about Matt Stafford's toughness or lack thereof. And the fact that, you know, guy gets unconditional love here. Some warranted, but a lot of it just blind faith, in my opinion, that needs to needs to be curtailed a little bit. I mean, come on, people. Like, this guy ain't bringing us any Lombardi trophies. You're acting like uh, he deserves a key to the city just because he's a good guy, tough guy, and he's he's helped out Detroit a little bit. I mean, come on, man. We want Ws. We want Super Bowls. Then we talked about the Lions roster, which was crazy, naming off people we never heard of that's going to be working at your local bowling alley uh, next week. And then, uh, yeah, we got into, like, the GMs, the coaches, the new team, new everything. Here we are on a Friday, Grifka. Talking lions heading into the final game of just this abomination of a season again. What the heck we talking about here on a Friday? Don't get me upset, please.
0: I don't think so. It's a new year, so I'm going to try to keep it calm for you. Um, I guess my first question is like you you just you just recovered what we talked about, but thinking back, it's been kind of a strange football season, you know, all around and you know we came into the year with a lot of hope we're like this is going to be the year Matt Pat's got his guys in place we talked about the signings how they were going to mesh well with his defense the offense was really going to click but how do you think overall this year is going to be remembered do you think it's going to be the footnote of like well COVID happened you know that's what really set us back you know is it or do you think it's just going to be like in you know in everybody's you know rearview mirror and it's just going to be like you know same old lions they did this another coaching change like if it was just any other regular year, how do you think this year is going to go down in the books?
1: Yeah. I, uh, often like I do here on a Friday, especially, um, before I get to your answer, your question, I, I got a little something for the people. Now you mentioned the word strange Grifka. Um, You know, I've been known to do this a time or two on the show. I got to pull the curtain back here on the show. So one of my favorite funny things that Grifka does that you guys don't hear on the show, but I think it's absolutely tremendous and funny. And again, it's one of those funny things Grifka does that he doesn't even know he does, but I pick up on it and makes me laugh is every time, literally, we'll be trying to load up a show or we'll be trying to do something, something will go wrong or we'll have to reboot. Every time we reboot or re-sign on to Zoom or however we're doing the show, if something went wrong, I know 100% <laughs> when we come back on, Grifka's going to pause, wait for me to talk, and then go, gee, that was strange. <laughs> every time, 100%. <laughs> so, Grifka, like, I want to ask you, How was this 2020 season to you before I answer the question?
0: That was strange.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Like I literally will just wait for it on purpose because I know he's going to say nothing else except gee, that was strange. And then I'll like tell him what went wrong and then we'll go back to whatever we're doing. Batting a thousand of the sport we shall not speak of with that quote from Grifka. So Grifka Gee, was this season strange, and why? Yeah, this season is going to be known for COVID and for the mess and for all the ridiculousness that went on. But what it's going to be reminded remembered for, for me, and for a lot of people, I think... It's just that ultimate breaking point where I feel like I came on here a million times saying year one was just the throwaway year for Matt Pat, as we dubbed him back then. You know, he had to bring in his scheme. He started making people run laps. He started trying to put in this defense. He was trying to get his players. And then year two, you know, ravaged with injuries. Matt Stafford plays what half the season or less, you know, all this kind of, Hope that was still around the team. I'm thinking, man, you're three. Here we go. We got your team. You know, Stafford coming off those good games that he did have. I did get annoyed by people saying, if he would have played all 16, he would have thrown for 5,300 yards and 48 touchdowns. Yeah, That never happens, people. I don't know if you know this, but when a guy throws, like, three touchdowns in the first quarter, he doesn't end up with 12. I'm just here to tell you. Um, So, to me, year three or this 2020 is going to be the year where – like it all just fell apart, you know, like all the hope, all the waiting, all the, Oh, this guy's going to play better. This guy's going to be healthy. This is going to come together. None of it happened. Tracy Walker didn't come into his own. Deshaun hand was hurt a million times. Again, we still couldn't get after the quarterback. We can't turn the football over. Matt Stafford played same old, same old, sometimes really good. Sometimes not so great. Um, You know, our running game a little bit better, but still what? 30th in the league. Uh, It's it's just everything came back around to Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, you know, revealed themselves as not good enough. The whole team blew up. And yeah, I can't believe that we're sitting here at the end of 2020 talking about a complete start over. Again, for the Detroit Lions, after five years of Bob Quinn, two to three years of Matt Patricia, and then just gutting this team to make it like the 1998, a.k.a. 2008 Patriots, whatever you want to call it. And now we're we're five, six years behind all these other good teams in the NFL, it feels like. Like, it's just, that's what I'm going to remember is the year, like, the water broke and it's just like, yep, this ain't working. Yep, time to start over. Yep, just get rid of everybody. You know, that's what it's going to be for me. 2020, terrible year, terrible year for the Lions. Just an abomination, just a joke from day one in March or whatever. This whole thing started to when the football kicked off till now. Horrible. Terrible.
0: I think I'm going to remember this year as the year where your spirit was broken. I I know that sounds bad, but. It was. I'm not saying you're fully, you know, like every other Lions fan, like me, something like that, whatever you want to say. But to hear, like, some of the stuff, like, on some of the shows where I'm like, gosh, man, it's not like, you know, I'm actually talking. Just kind of like where you went with this team. Your utter frustration with this team. And, I, like I said, I don't know if it's because, you know, of COVID, you know, not being able to see your friends, you know, you know, coworkers, whatever, you know, having to stay in the house so long. But, that was one of those things where, I, I don't know, you kind of broke. So I'm hoping that, you know, you, you know, you come back around, you know, you'll get hyped up, you know, and you, you know, and start to feel it again. Just as soon as the new Drink coach, was, you know, it, what they're looking to do with the team. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, that, that's all I'm going to remember this year.
1: Griff, the reason I got to so, drop the sad music and the reason that you, you broke me is this is like year two or three with you. On the show, I mean, gosh almighty, it started off That's even, what it was. Year, year two. I was like, maybe this will get better, and then year three, I was just like, nope, <laughs> I gotta deal with this guy twice a week, every week, all the time. All the gimmicks, all the lines, all the, the rumor innuendo, all the negativity like, yeah, it broke me. So did this team because I'm never gonna not root for the Lions, but like I've told you many a times on this show, I'm gonna be positive. Until I can't be positive no mo. <laughs> and that's what it came to. It's like I had served up so much Detroit Kool-Aid, the dang court jug was empty and I just didn't have any more. Where it's just like like I came on here what? Multiple times here in the last, you know, month or or two and said, I was wrong. He's horrible. That's embarrassing. That's not real football. Matt Pat gots to go. All these linebackers got to go. They gone. Like, I mean, I'm not going to not admit it like you do on the show and just stick to Baker Mayfield sucks when he's like taking his team to the playoffs and, oh, DK Metcalf's no good, only he's the best receiver in the game. I'm not going to sit there and continue to say that. I'm going to straight up say, hey, all that hope, all that stuff I said, it did not pan out. This team uh, played horrible football. It's just embarrassing from top to bottom. So, I mean, the scheme was flawed. The culture never worked. I mean, the player's effort was poor. That was the other thing I jumped on this year. It's like one thing to lose. It's another thing to lose and be slipping off tackles, not in your gaps, you know, not not running as hard as you could. <clears throat> Jamie Collins, um, just all this stuff I had to watch this year. It's like just got sick of it, and I'm not gonna come in here and tell you everything's great when it's uh, I don't know, it ain't that great. Griff Good hadn't been great for a couple years now, so that's why that's why you think I'm broken because 'cause I'm just finally admitting that. Didn't work. It sucks. I hate it. I want this team to win. And here I am basically 15 years into my fandom, as you would put it. And I got nothing to show for it. I got like two playoff appearances where we got beat up on and that's it. It's embarrassing.
0: <laughs> I have a question for you since I mentioned the stranger. You, you never heard this during press conferences or even questions asked, but do you think the Lions when they were at Ford Field? Do you think they notice, like, no fans, or do you think they even hear it during the game? You know, or do you don't think it really mattered to them?
1: They definitely notice it because it's quiet as a church mouse in there. You can hear, uh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, you hear these inside Ford Field. freaking crickets in there. Somebody left the window open when if you, if you did have fans, I mean, I don't have a sound drop for it, but you just hear just loud booing everywhere. I mean, these players would be booed off the field. They'd be, I mean, the Fords think they're embarrassed right now with what they've seen. Imagine if you had 50,000 people in there having to tell them what they think about this product. I mean, this has been the worst year since I I don't, I tried to block out the Marinelli days and the Owen 16, but it's right up there because it's it's year three when it should have been a turnaround. And instead you're just worse. They feel like they're worse on defense. They're worse, you know, in the, in the post game pressers, they're worse when it comes to overall talent across the board because people have exposed themselves to not being able to play the game of football, which they were drafted early in the draft to do or plucked in free agency that are just, hot garbage or tire fire as uh Matt Derry would say so I mean yeah they they notice because they don't they don't notice if if there are people there they would be getting real embarrassed it'd be real ugly and instead they got away scot-free this year with no fans limited media interactions and just the people sitting at home saying like I'm done with the lions sick of this. Like I'm tired of like, I've heard a lot of people, friends, family, whoever be like, yep. You talk about it being my breaking year. I've had people just say straight up, like, I'm just, I'm just done with this team. Now they're not going to be done with this team. If, and when they get it all turned around and start winning ball games, they'll be the guy with the hat, sweatshirt, the Jersey, the front row at Woodward for the parade, as I always say on the show. But right now, yeah, I know a lot of people that have not only quit, but they're just like, oh, I got I got other stuff to do. I'm tired of seeing this year after year. So I feel like it was the breaking point for a lot of people, and the Lions got off lucky that they didn't have to deal with angry fans at their stadium or at training camp or anywhere, you know, just like rolled out the football, same old. I hate to say it, and I'm going to say it, but you know what the acronym is. It's not TGIF, but it's that other acronym where it's just like, Yeah, well, we've seen the same losing, the same football, the same excuses, the same I want to win for the city, the same old, same old. And it's just getting sick of it right now. Now, am I ever going to quit on them? No. But I'm telling you, like, we're going to have to have that talk, because this might be a live honor segment right now. I don't know if I'm getting the tickets again. I really don't, because no matter how excited I get with the new GM, new players, like, I don't see amazing W's and this magical carpet ride coming anytime soon. So I don't know that I'll be re-upping again, letting you come along for the ride or trying to divvy it up with friends. Cause I know I got a bunch of friends and family, but like, Nope, no, thanks. <laughs> I'm good. So, I mean, I don't know, man, where are you at with it? Oh.
0: Nope. I, I hear you. I understand. It's like one of those things, if, you know, want to go to a game? I'm sure you could probably find tickets somewhere.
1: And, Anywhere. Like, They'd probably and, give, them to, yeah. give them to you if you go visit good. Art Van or somewhere like that. Probably hand you a couple ducats. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I might make you, you do like, that. You, hey, hey Griff could go up to the local uh, Kmart and go snag us a couple tickets for the opener. Like, that's kind of where we're at right now. I mean, I it'd would be go. like,
0: when. Like when I listen to your uh, Believe in Lions podcast with Benny Blades, and he talks about how when he was a kid, if you went to Burger King, you got a Whopper, you could go see a Miami Hurricanes game. What's going to be down there if you go go over to like Lafayette Coney? You pick up a Coney, you're going to get a ticket to a Lions game.
1: <laughs> you mean Benny Blades would actually get a cheap <laughs> plug in for the U on the Believe in Lions podcast? Would he actually do that?
0: Oh man, I never heard it, but it's always kind of cool when it happens. <laughs>
1: It's all about those canes, Grifka. You know that. <laughs> You'll be hearing that Thursday when you when you debut on the show. And I let you on the show and let Benny Blade just probably tear you up. I'm gonna tell him beforehand. All right, be real nice to Grifka, and then when he asks a dumb question, just let him have it. Just come across the middle, like 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 your hairs on fire, and just take him out at the knees. Benny'll do it
0: yeah well yeah I, I, I'm just I don't get starstruck very much but he's like one of those guys I mean like I said he I, everybody knows it I've told you he's one of my favorite players when I was a kid I loved him when he played at the U he was like my favorite player on that <laughs> defender just the swag he always brought and then he came to this team and you know it was it was jumping for joy I remember being in junior high when they drafted him we were all like yeah, oh awesome man Benny plays awesome and that's just the way we were and
1: yeah, just, you better, uh, you better bring the heat on the Lions soft. though. Like, I mean, you come in with too much weak sauce or, or being fanboy, Benny blades. don't want to hear all that. He wants to mix it up a little bit. He wants to, he wants to talk some football. I mean, that's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I'm sure you'll blow a lot of smoke for him. He'll like that, you know, as far as the you and, and about you watching them back before I ever knew who the lions even were cause I didn't care. But, uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm be interested in what Benny and you have to do on the uh, B L E A V and Lions Pod on uh, Thursday there where you're gonna jump on. Uh, like I say, I know he's your boy, so I was glad to make that happen and do that. That's gonna that is gonna be fun. But uh, but yeah, wh- where are you at with the tickets? I mean, I know you're a cheapskate. I know I gotta like pry you open every year to either get you to pay or actually put in some work and ask a coworker or two to try to buy some of our seats so we don't have to be out a thousand bucks on these puppies but i mean getting them again we just getting rid of them and then they they do win it win a super bowl in a couple years and we're sitting at home watching what do you think live on the show right now
0: i'm all for if you i'm all for if you don't get re-up on the tickets
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i figured i I really am
0: because when you said there's people done with them I'm, i'm not I'm still gonna root for them, but like some of my closest friends have been long, fans longer than me. They're like, it might be time to take another team, and they're just kind of like, what? And they're like, you know, some are like, oh, the Steelers are always good, and one of my friends is like, well, you know, the Bears, and it's just like the Bears, really. You're gonna to hop to some other team in, in the division. It's like, man, you can't even do that. You know, it's just, you know, yeah. And those are those are my friends. That ask you want tickets? And They're like, no, man, they.
1: I'm just like, okay, man. Huh? I think both of us the last little while we forgot the name of the show. It's called the Detroit Kool Aid Cast. Everybody, drink it in, man. Uh... Like I say, we're we're, we're almost out of Kool Aid and cornbread right now. Cornbread, cornbread, cornbread. It's 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 been a rough year. It's been a rough three years. It's been a, a rough, basically fifteen years of me rooting for this team, and like. Gosh, I still think they can get it together, but it's just going to be a miracle job if it happens quick. You know, like the NFL, you can flip it quick, but... I don't know, man. It's just like it's been real tough. I think on everybody out there, but I I knew you'd say that. I know like a couple times when I've got rid of them, Grif just like ah whatever. But um, I usually try to work hard to keep them, and always hoped you know they they get that playoff game for me. And now it's like like you said, maybe we just get the tickets for the opener. However, we need to get them, and then if they make the playoffs, just. Put that old, you know, mortgage on the house, sell the car, whatever it is, to get in the building for that one, 'cause you know, you're gonna have to be there if there's a game in Ford Field in the playoffs. There ain't no doubt about that. Yeah,
0: but uh, like you said, it could be a few years, you know, before that happens. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's not gonna be no quick quick flip.
1: No, we'll see though. I mean, we'll we'll serve up that Kool-Aid. I'm sure next August I'll be sitting here going, "Hey, Grifka DKC Waffle Maker, what what do you got in game one?" And then by the time we get to game sixteen, you'll we'll yeah, have at eleven and five, ten and six, twelve and four. You know, same old, same four. old. Four. <laughs>
0: Oh wait, they're adding—they're adding that extra game for next year, aren't they? That last divisional game or something.
1: No, that's right. So. Yeah. seventeen. So now, now we'll now oh. we'll easily get them to 10, 11 wins.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let's do this. Let's take a break. You already talked about the spot of uh, the Believe in Lions podcast with you and Benny Blades. Why don't we take a short blade break and uh, get that uh, plug in here really quick?
1: Griffo, we're going to take a break and I'm not going to beat you up. I'm not going to go on some big tirade. You know why? Because you said the name of the podcast correctly. You said who it was with correctly you are probably doing that because you're going to be starring on the show where every other week you can't remember the name. (laughs) You don't even know what time it's on. You give it a very uh, ho-hum pod or promo, even though, like, you tell me most weeks how much you enjoy it, how funny it is, how, how good of a show it is. Yet here, you never give it any love. But today, you nailed it. So I won't beat you up. I won't go on some big thing like I just kind of did. We'll just go to the break. Everybody, we'll be right back. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. the poster said, See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie. Critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May third. Rated PG thirteen. What's going on, everybody? This is your host Derek Oakery of the Detroit Kool Aid Cast, and this is normally where I tell you about some of our great sponsors, but today. I want to tell you about my other Lions podcast. It's called Believe in Lions. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V on the Believe podcasting network with both myself and Lions legendary safety Benny Blades. Yeah, you know who he is. The hard-hitting safety Benny Blades played for the Lions. He also played for the U. You know what it is. The University of Miami, those Miami Hurricanes, He mentions it multiple times the show. Benny loves to talk about his hurricanes, his lions, and I love to play this soundbite on the show. We have a ton of fun on that show. We laugh, we joke, we talk lions. Like I said, he brings up the hurricanes. I talk about my Michigan Wolverines. Um, It's it's a really fun show. Benny loves the lions. He tells great stories from his playing days, as well as uh, we're just rooting on this team. We B-L-E-A-V in the Lions. So please go ahead, find it on your favorite podcast platform. Hit that subscribe button and check it out. Share it with a friend. We really appreciate it. So check out Believe, B-L-E-A-V in Lions, myself and Benny Blades. Thank you guys so much. Detroit Kool-Aid. We're back from the break. Thank you guys so much for listening. We tell you this all the time. I tell you thank you. Grifka often doesn't say thank you, but I appreciate everybody listening. I appreciate the love on Twitter and the hate, which I'm sure I've been getting this week um, and weeks in the future because of my Matt Stafford takes and because of the aggressive nature I would take with this rebuild that I hope happens. But uh, you can find us on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Um, Grifka, I was in my kitchen and my grandpa gave me a... Uh, when I was at his house recently, is kind of like, ah, somebody gave me this thing. I don't even know what it is. Do you want it? And it was one of those uh, Alexa devices that connects to all your smart devices. I was like, heck yeah, I'll take that. So I put it in my kitchen and hooked it up. And so now I can just be like, Hey Alexa, play, uh, you know, play my mix on Spotify or whatever. And just starts playing music or, Hey Alexa, what's the weather. It'll tell me, right. All that cool stuff. So the other day I was like, Hey Alexa, play the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. And she like, playing detroit kool-aid cast on spotify and just started playing and like our, our music drop which is still the greatest music in the game uh then unfortunately you started talking and i said hey alexa power off <laughs> and she turned off which was good so that saved me from one of your horrible takes that i think you were going into at that point but uh yeah you can just tell your alexa device to play the detroit kool-aid cast and they just they just start pouring it up alexa will just pour you a big old glass of that detroit kool-aid
0: Wow, that's cool. So that's so cool. What, else, what else we got uh, on a
1: Friday? You, you haven't got me upset yet. I mean, I, I've taken a few cheap shots at you, which I've been known to do on the show. You got me all in Grifka mode. We're talking about how bad the team is, how they're not going to win. I feel like we've done this last couple years here in weeks 15, 16, 17. What do you got here heading into the final game of the year?
0: Well, once again, on one of the on, on Wednesday's show, you brought up... The, players that are listed on, you know, injured reserve, all the people that got hurt this year, guys who haven't played, missed a lot of games. I'm not talking just due to like being on the COVID list, but you know, on the hurt list. But uh, it made me start to wonder with this season. I mean, every, every team gets injuries, but would this season been different if there weren't so many injuries on the line? Do you think stuff would have went into place for Matt Patricia and really would have worked out, you know, Would the offense still be humming if Kenny Galladay didn't miss so much time? You know, Matt Stafford, if he wasn't hurt again, you know, your conspiracy music right there. But, uh, you know, tough as nails quarterback that we have. But uh, do you think things would have been different? The Lions would be like in the, you you know, in the playoff hunt, you know, not, you know, sitting in there right now. Or how do you think this would have been if there weren't so many injuries?
1: Griffco, let me answer this simply. How you often end each Detroit Kool-Aid cast? That's simply this. Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nope. It wouldn't win any differently. Uh, the offense might have been a little more fun to watch with Kenny Boy, uh, but he—I he, don't think he would have made the end-all, be-all difference. I mean, TJ. Hawkinson had a pretty nice year, yet I don't remember a lot of those hundred-yard and one to two touchdown games like we really need from the guy. He's been sixty yards in a cloud of dust and a touchdown here or there, and that got him starting Pro Bowl nod. So, I mean, the defense. I just like I said, this this was the tipping year for me where a lot lot of the players that I kind of wanted to see or thought were going to break out either have played or have been out there. They just They can't cut cut it, you know? Uh, Don't look at you, Tracy, uh, Sean Hand, uh, you know, some of our other just, you know, he had kind of that 50-50 with Collins. Was he going to be, you know, Cleveland Collins or the beast in New England Collins? And to me, he was the Cleveland, you know, Jamie Collins. It's just like not good enough. So there's no injuries really this year that, in my opinion, totally derailed. Now, I do have a beef that every year the Lions are like, feel like they're one of the most beat up teams in the league or, you know, we're losing our star biggest name players. But like you said, it almost doesn't matter because other teams got injuries too. And they either find a way around them or like, unless your quarterback goes down or your top one or two defensive studs or, you know, your absolute playmaking wide receiver, like you really don't have a bunch of excuses on why you shouldn't have a guy that's at least decent behind them, you know? And I feel like the guys that got hurt either weren't playing good or just straight up weren't good. And then their backups weren't good. And then their backups, backups really weren't good. You know, pretty much they all weren't that great. (laughs) Um, When it, when you boil it all down. So no, I don't chalk this up as some, Oh, if we would have had a couple more people, we would have, you know, been, great team. I mean, the only thing I'd throw at it is like, we got five wins. So let's say you got Kenny and, you know, some, some more defensive playmakers and maybe you win two to three more games. That's like a eight and eight season, which to me is an average NFL team. You know, all these lions fans or people in the NFL that just think their team's going to win every game and, you know, going to roll out of bed and get 10, 11 wins. That's really not how it works. Like your baseline needs to be seven to eight wins. And then as you start to play good and stay healthy and have the guys play well that you've either drafted or brought in in free agency, that's when it starts ticking up to, like, 9, 10, you know, maybe 11 for really good teams. Then you got those couple teams, like the Chiefs and whatnot, that are always going to be in that 12-13 win category. But, I mean, Lions win a couple more games. They're at 8-8. and I don't think it's that big of an issue. But when you're winning five games again, six games, I mean, that's just... That's just inexcusable, really.
0: Yeah, I'm there with you. I think there was a point, even if some of those guys you named, you know, first week, if we went lost all those cornerbacks and all that, I don't think it would really matter. I mean, for everything that we kept saying was the issue. Even with those guys that when they were not hurt, we still didn't have it a pass rush, you know, good coverage of the tight end, you know, you know, you know, stuff like that, that really affects us all the time. It just seemed that even when we had all the guys healthy, it didn't matter anyway. So I'm with you on that. I think it was, uh, you know, going sideways at some point, I think a lot of the team fell out of favor with coach Patricia and you know, his guys were here. I mean, Trey flowers came out afterwards after he got fired saying he's a good coach. I'd still play for him, but I mean, that's, you know, one or two or three guys, maybe, as opposed to, you know, the rest of the team saying, you know, I'm done with this guy. You don't know what he's doing. So I, beef, I'm with you on that. My beef too. I, it Trufant still would have been no playoffs.
1: It's like Trufont was that vet we bring in every year where it's like, oh, he he, he might be good or this, that, and the other, and they're just never good. They're always either done or they're hurt or they're done and they're hurt. And, like, he just followed that same thing. It's like, even when he came back, what, do you make a couple plays here or there and then every other play he was getting roasted, toasted, and extra crispy? I mean, what, Trey Flowers get after the quarterback every once in a while, but other than that, no pass rush. You know, it's just, you can't really say that because – It'd be one thing if, like, every time a guy was in and healthy, he was making plays, but even the guys that were in and out, like, their plays seem so far, few and far between for me. I mean, what do we have turnovers this year? Maybe, like, 8 to 10, maybe? Through a whole football season, you got that few amount of picks and interceptions? Like, how are you going to win? You're not. That's the problem. So, no, they're they just weren't good enough on a bunch of levels and, like, people sell the offense too as this juggernaut. I mean, they've had some good games. Don't get me wrong. You know, there's been games. You like they roll out of bed and get 20 to 24 plus points. But I can't remember many games where we just came out and absolutely cooked from first, fourth quarter on offense or where other teams were like, Oh man, we're in a long day against the lions offense. Like some days, Daryl Bevel had it and was making good calls. And other days were clunking around all game, just throwing the ball to the other team. And, making the same old mistakes we see from the Lions type of teams. It's like, I don't know why it is. You know, I'm not going to use the acronym, but it's like, just seems like the same type of offsides, turnovers at the wrong time, stupid mistakes that don't happen in any other games, horrible ref calls. <laughs> I mean, how many times we're going to go through this every year where it's like the same recipe for this team and all it cooks up is a big hot steaming pile of garbage. Like it felt like that was the same thing this year. It was just same old issues popping up again, the same old injuries. Even when the guys did come back, Oh man, true back. Then he would play. You're like, Oh, (laughs) I guess he's back, but he's also back behind the receiver. He's supposed to be covering like two to three yards every play. Um, So I I don't know, man, like I said, I'm almost out of answers right now. It's just, not good, not good enough, and it wouldn't have been good enough, I don't think, if you were up and rolling. It just didn't work on so many levels. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, with the Lions, we mentioned, you know, with even with the guys, they, we we still feel they would have missed the playoffs and just was just that type of year. With the playoffs coming up, do you look at seeing who's going to the playoffs? Do you, like, kind of pick a new team just to kind of follow in the playoffs or do you just watch the games, hoping for good football games? Um you know, you're just kind of going to, you know, hit your, hit your wagon to like a new team just for the playoff run. It's like, well, this team hasn't won a whole lot, or they're that underdog team. I want them to do well this year. Do you do that, or is it just out of sheer enjoyment you watch the playoff games?
1: Oh, before I was going to answer, Grifka, I'm trying to find Jim Mora's playoffs. We're talking about playoffs, but all I can find <laughs> is this for our Lions. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave him the friggin' game. In my opinion, that sucked. <laughs> so that was Jim Mora's uh, <laughs> summary of the 2020 Lions season. I mean, he's sitting here saying, you're talking about playoffs? <laughs> I mean, Grifka, for me, there's a couple things. I mean, I'm suffering through these seasons, as people can tell by my tone as well as my Just waiting for this thing to get ramped up again with the new coach, new GM, new players, maybe, possibly, hopefully, new quarterback, new everything. But the thing I am pumped about is, like, I'm not the guy that takes another team or roots necessarily. But what I do like and what I am excited about is I'm going to get to see some good football on the next couple Saturdays and Sundays, which I love when it's on Saturdays and Sundays. I love college football, don't get me wrong. But I really like when the NFL double dips and you get a couple games each day. And I really like when it's playoffs because you get two really good teams that are well coached. they got good players. They play good. They're usually close games. Exciting at the end. It just reminds me of all the things I want for our Detroit Lions. So I am excited for that. Some actual good football, good teams not a game at the end where I'm thinking, what did I just watch? What was that? Like, I don't even, (laughs) I don't even know what just happened out there. That's what I feel like after some of these lions games. And then, you know, like I say, I don't root, but like just looking at kind of some teams and stuff I'm excited about. Like, I like the saints. I like the Seahawks. I like the Steelers. You know, I like those Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. Um, (laughs) And uh, so those are, those are some teams I'll kind of be rooting for um, if, and when they get in and then, I don't know, Grifka, this is, this is, I don't know if you're leading me here, but I mean, I do got a Super Bowl matchup. I'd like to see.
0: Yeah. I was going to wait, you know, till the next week to talk about that one. We know the playoffs for sure. Who's in, who's out. Cause I don't want, I don't want to pick a team, you know, like Cleveland who may lose this week to Pittsburgh and, you know, Indianapolis may beat whoever that way. Indianapolis is in the playoffs and Cleveland falls out, even though you yeah, have Cleveland already penciled in into the playoffs, you know, they could still fall out, but, um,
1: Gr- Grifka, well, yeah, why, so what, let's wait why, till
0: next week when we know exactly we'll be in the playoffs.
1: Why you got to hate on the Cleveland Browns, Griffco? Why you got to do that? Oh wait, I know.
0: I'm like that's Baker Mayfield right there, Baker. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to let you know. He sucks, okay? Yeah, There you go. Mark it down.
1: <laughs> uh, all I could think when Baker Mayfield – oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Baker Mayfield's been playing such good football. His team's rolling. They're just steamrolling people. He's winning ball games, putting up 300 yards and touchdowns, and then you come on and say, oh, he still sucks. All I could think is the glee that you get out of this yeah, last he'd... game where he fumbles the game away. I'm thinking Griff could yeah. just thinks he's so happy right now bum
0: yeah he did a nice cleveland steamer against the jets you know it was that was a heck of a game right there he had against this, this the
1: jets the this is why i can't jets deal team. with you on the show though because like you don't you don't bring it up ever or even acknowledge that he's playing good you just say oh he still sucks and then you can't wait until the guy has a bad game to like bring it up. Want me to play the drop. Want to say how bad he is. It's like, that's all you do. Griffith. you just sit on the negative. You just sit on your, your takes until they actually somewhat make sense. And then you try to drop them on people. That's what you do. You can't even acknowledge that you're wrong ever. It's ridiculous.
0: Not on him. He sucks. <laughs> I'm still marking now. I'm gonna ride really? that one. I'm riding really? that one off into the sunset.
1: Go, go look at his stats. Go look at his team record. Go look at how he's playing. I mean, gosh. oh, it's
0: not all about stats. He's helping the team win. Yeah, I know. See, see that didn't even heard, go because he's it, got you know, good I, you stats. can't, you can't bring up stats all the winning. time. When I bring up stats, like, oh, Mike, you bring up stats. It's not all about stats, but then you're like, look up his stats you, know, uh, Grifka, if can, you listen, argument both ways man if,
1: if you listen on the show i said he's got the stats and the wins which is even better to double dip the only time you bring up stats is when somebody's not winning and then when somebody has stats but no wins you don't want to hear about it so it's like this guy's got both right now and you still can't say he's good he's better than probably what 75 of the quarterbacks he's better than our lions quarterback right now and yet you still go with he sucks. Why? Because you said that I don't know long ago on the show.
0: I'm like, that's Baker Mayfield right there, Baker. Yeah, yeah. I just want to let you. He sucks. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Mark it down. <laughs>
1: we we marked it down last year when you were actually right when he played like an absolute tire fire. There you go, Matt Derry. That's two two shows in a row I've used your tagline, but Grifka, he's not a tire fire. He's not. A, he, he's not whatever you call him. that he you, we could mark it down that he sucks he doesn't suck and and you need to just finally admit sometimes when you're wrong well what do you think about dk these days i wish i had a drop for that when you were just running him down now you're like oh no he's good man he's good he, well I, can, I don't understand he, he you
0: still, he still runs a hell of a go route
1: and every other he route he still runs I mean, a he, hell of a go route I I took him for the Lions two years ago, and he'd be on this team doing things, and instead he's just, what, a top three receiver in the game now? Would he, though?
0: Would he be doing those things on the (laughs) team? Catching balls from Chase Daniel and David Blaupau, and (laughs) he'd be doing that, too?
1: He'd be like your boy Calvin, only he wouldn't quit on the team. I mean, he'd be an absolute beast, only he wouldn't retire because of finger injuries. It'd be great. But no, had to had to go take somebody else while Griffith said, Oh, he's a he's a flesh in the pan. He's just he's gonna pull his hamstring. Who That's why they I don't take? want him.
0: Wait, who did they take?
1: TJ Hawkinson. Pro bowler.
0: <laughs> so who would you rather have, DK Metcalf or TJ Hawkinson?
1: DK Metcalf. I did a whole show on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hear you week after okay. week tell me how the guy was no good. Let, let's let's keep it moving. What else we got to talk about? Tired of hearing let's you. Let's keep it moving. Okay. Like, keep so yeah, on next, week, next week, I want
0: to hear your Super Bowl pick. What? Next week, I want to hear your Super Bowl pick when Baker's in there leading the team
1: right. without,
0: you know, old, uh, Bell, old, old Beckham Jr.
1: How, Mr. How do you know injured how again. How you know I'm going to pick Mr. Mayfield? So, May, may, maybe like Benny blades and say, okay. maybe I got, maybe I'm gonna pick Mr. Brady or, or Mr. Breeze or Mr. Mr. Wilson. Maybe I got something else up my sleeve rather than Mr. Mayfield.
0: Okay. Um, last question. Let's just get to it. Last game of the year. It's probably going to be pay, pretty painful considering what the lines just cut. J Ron curse. He was obviously the stalwart of that defense. You know, he was doing so much there at starting safety. So, uh, what are you looking at this game? Are you looking at another 40-burger put up by by Minnesota or, or another 40-point loss, or do you, you think the Lions have a tiny bit of pride, or is this one, uh, please let this uh, game get over with?
1: Hmm, let me, let me ponder that for a minute. Um... <laughs> Uh, it's definitely the latter, Grifka is definitely, let's get this over with. I hate this season. I hope this team uh, loses for the draft pick. I mean, what was it, four weeks ago we had the argument where I was like, nope, we're not at the draft pick talk yet. We still had a chance. And then every the bottom absolutely fell out. So, yeah, the last couple weeks, I mean, I don't want to see a W. I mean, uh, what was it, Daryl Bevel or, oh, Matt Stafford was going on and on about, he wants to play or like, you know, all the coaches were given that coach speak of, oh, I love these guys. It works so hard. Like we, we got one more game left. Corey only, <laughs> he was on there going, we got one more game left. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And <laughs> it was like, he was going to change the world with this game. Like I'm ready to show you something in this final game. It's like, I don't care if you win like 50, to oh, zero. I was
0: holding everything back
1: <laughs> in the words of Grifka. If you go out and win 50 to nothing, you still suck. Okay. Mark it down. Your defense <laughs> is horrible. You ain't going to show us anything in this final game that we didn't know, you know, six weeks ago. And that's that this team isn't good enough. I don't care how much you want to talk about. It. You love these kids. They work so hard. They've they've been in there all year. In there doing what? <laughs> Tiddlywinks? Or they've been studying their Because I think it's the former. <laughs> because I, I don't know if the ping pong table went back in or what happened. But these guys, I mean... It's ridiculous that whole like oh we got one more rep, one more game we'll give it our all it's like no don't give it your all and even if you give it your all it's not good enough we already saw we already know that so just don't give it your all and you'll still lose and we'll get our pick and we can move forward with our day like it's it's gonna be a horrible game nobody wants to see dalvin cook run all over the lions nobody wants to see um justin jefferson maybe the best rookie in the game i mean similar skills to odell running around snatching footballs making plays nobody wants to see that against our lions on sunday but like i said last week it's gonna happen i mean i'm putting up like another 30 35 points for the vikings by kirk cousins i mean gosh Griffith, what's kirk cousins these days
0: yeah he's still ain't that great
1: like Kirk Cousins, you're going to say he ain't that great. You're going to come on the show and continue to tell me how he ain't that great. I guarantee you can put up 35 some points on the Lions. He'll probably have a, over 100 quarterback rating. He'll have a loose, at least two to three touchdowns. Dalvin Cook will have at least two to three, uh, at least two touchdowns, I'd say, and over 100 yards. I mean, 35 to like, gosh, let's say Stafford even plays. I mean, 35 17. Come on. Just get us the pick. Get out healthy. Nobody wants to see some late game. Grifco, what's your over/under on a on a fake punt, uh, a a gimmick play, something the Lions pull out, pull the old rabbit out of the hat in week 17? What do you think? Like a hundred percent
0: yeah it won't be a fake punt though we all know that they they did that once and it failed and then they fired the coach so no other special teams coach going to try that
1: did they so, uh, do that or did uh, he one, do that <laughs> i think it was he not the they. best
0: coach that was on the team he did that
1: uh, <laughs> the,
0: the best coach on the team did that <laughs> said said forget you man <laughs> that. Do,
1: do we need to play the daryl so, bevel yeah, audio well, again for the people Yes, please do. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we had the exclusive on the show. We might as well uh, might as well entertain the people with it again. Hey, Daryl Bevel to Braden Combs.
0: Screw you! You're fired. You're
1: fired. You're fired.
0: You're fired. You're fired.
1: You're fired. You're fired. Griffka, I was trying to find if I could pause it because I wanted just to go down every coach, every. We should have just done that. That should have been the show this week. (laughs) Just that, that bunch of drops with just name off the roster. Everybody.
0: That's maybe what, maybe that's what, what was it the SFH will sound like when, uh, you know, people go walk in for the final meeting? It's like, (laughs) uh, you're gonna to want to go see HR. Or grab your bag.
1: <laughs> hey, everybody on the team. This is for you from from Sheila Ford Hamp. <laughs> <Sir! laughs> Peace. <laughs> hey, uh, Sheila Ford Hamp, like... to the uh, defensive coordinator about his performance review.
0: It was a bad decision. Period. Point blank. It was a, a, one of the dumbest decisions I ever made. <laughs> oh,
1: hey, uh, hey, um, you know. Gosh, who who else? Who else is horrible? Hey, Jamie Collins, I I, I want to tell you how I thought you played this year. We couldn't make a first down. We couldn't run the ball. We didn't try to run the ball. We couldn't complete a pass. We sucked. I guess that was the offensive. That was the offensive review. But you get the point. They 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 all they all got to get the Vince McMahon treatment. I mean, this is it's got to stop, Grifka. Like, I can't take it anymore. As you can tell.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I get. I'm I'm with you on that boat. I think the Minnesota Vikings are just going to come in and steamroll Detroit. Detroit's going to, you know, roll over, kind of play dead in this game, and it doesn't matter who, like the eighth string guy they brought out the practice squad. Devlin Cook's going to stiff arm that guy all the way down to Toledo, just with one thing, kind of like what Derek Henry did. So <laughs> it don't matter anymore. So this, the Vikings are probably going to win this game by, I'm going to say twenty six.
1: You got a score for us, Benny Blades.
0: Um thirty-one to five. There's twenty-six points right there.
1: <laughs> 20, 26, man. Such a Benny score. Look at look at look at, uh, look at Gripka <laughs> trying to get on Benny's good side, pulling out his gimmicks, telling him how how big of a fan he is. I mean, I can't wait to hear the show on Thursday, see what happens. Uh, you guys gotta check that out. B L E A V and Lions, but Grifka, I mean, everybody knows they can find you at Griffka DKC. Everybody knows you love these late season shows where I'm beaten down. I got no more Detroit Kool-Aid left. I got to admit how wrong I was, even though in the back of my head, I was kind of just hoping and praying that things would work out for our team. They haven't worked out again. You take Glee in it. You enjoy it. These are the shows where you shine because you get to give all your negative gimmicks out here and you know entertain the people or entertain yourself but i can't take it it's killing me inside i'm uh i just got nothing left here on the show for this for this week and and pretty much for this season but you know hopefully people enjoyed it tried to entertain you a bit there's only one thing left to do here on the podcast it's a, it's a fan favorite of the people and of course of me Grifka, do you have anything else For the people. Uh, nope. Everybody. He's got, he's got one week left. Our our next week, we'll have to recap this game, put a little cap around the season. We've got some off season plans and stuff we're about to do. Enjoy the show. I know a lot of you checked out. I know it's been another tough season, but hopefully we'll be able to reel you back in, get the coach, the GM, the draft. Lots of good content coming here on the Kool-Aid cast and B-L-E-A-V, Believe in Lions. So, everybody, take care. Have a great weekend. We're out. Back the back. Stop the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man. Welcome to the Detroit
0: Kool-Aid, everybody. This is Griff coming at you here on a Friday. Uh, just run solo here today. Uh, me and Derek had a little trouble getting our schedules hooked up this week. So uh, hope you guys enjoy listening to me today. Once again, it's Friday, so I mean, it's going to be a weather report. It's going to be chilly outside, winter's here, so it's a great weekend to sit inside and watch playoff football, some more great games this weekend. Uh, once again, too bad our beloved Lions aren't there, but I'm sure they'll be there soon. I mean, just look at the turnarounds that Cleveland had just a few years ago. They were not 0-16. Buffalo was kind of wandering out in the desert for a few years. They're back. You know, they're looking really good this year again. Real tough team, not tough out. So, yeah, I know I'm always talking about the Packers and the Steelers and the Cowboys. But, yeah, it's really nice to see some different blood in there. Um, Be enjoying watching the game, especially that uh, Cleveland-Kansas City game. That's – I'm – Pretty sure it's going to be a nice uh, high-scoring game right there, so uh, not too much defense happening. So once again, just uh, Saturday, Sunday. If you're not one of those cold-weather people that don't like to go outside and ski or sled or anything like that, hang out inside and uh, watch some good football this weekend. And as always, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. So first thing I really want to touch on was once again was um, some real good talent in that national championship game Monday night. Uh, I know a lot of people were impressed. Me, you know, Devontae Smith, you know, looking real, real good. Najee Harris out of the backfield looking good. Uh, Justin Fields, you know, looked pretty decent here and there. You missed a couple throws, but that's fine. I, it was another thing is uh Jalen Waddle he came back you know he had that in um early in the game had that really nice crossing route and then had a little bit of a limp afterwards so I mean there's obviously going to be some talent there that the Lions may look at um I, mean, I know there's a lot of people looking at you know wide receiver format at that early first round pick but you know right now I mean haven't broken down a whole lot of tape I know Derek's been doing that starting to do that you know get his whole list together. Um gosh, but you're really hoping the Lions, you know, get some defense. I mean, don't get me wrong, DeVonte Smith, you know, set up a record, you know, for the National Championship game or an Alabama Bowl game or whatever, you know, doing that in the first half. You know, they couldn't, you know, Ohio State couldn't cover him. And just he made everybody on that Ohio State defense just look slow. So, it's one of those things like if you're going to watch that tape and want to draft anybody from that Ohio State defense, I mean, I realize, you know, Sean Wade's pretty decent, but gosh, I mean, Ohio State's linebackers just look plotting, slow. So, really, I don't want any of those guys, you know, I'm a Lions fan. We just saw last few years where, you know, slow plotting linebackers will get you. So, you know, I don't want any of those guys. But, once again, I've, you know, only watched those guys on game, you know, for my lazy boy, me doing my lazy boy scouting. So, I, I still don't think uh, Ohio State's defense, you know, it, it wasn't that great. But, you know, once again – you know, that's just, that's just me talking. So, you guys, if you, if you all disagree, you know, hit me up on Twitter at, you know, at DKC. I always love to talk, you know, some college football right there. But still, let's hope that the Lions are looking for some defense, you know, early in the draft and a whole lot of that draft because that defense needs an awful lot of help, and I'm pretty sure we all know that. Uh, next thing it's kind of, I've been kind of hearing a lot about or people wondering because was uh, was it, um, Deshaun Watson. He's uh, not happy down in... Uh, houston after they uh, hired another guy from you know the patriots not quite for sure what uh people still think i mean i don't know has has the patriot way kind of lost its luster this year or is it just one of those oh it's a rebuilding year you know bill belichick will be back next year we'll be fine there you know just keep hiring the guy they're the ones bringing in all the talent and but still I, i think a lot of it has to do with the coaching up there it just you know seems that you know a lot of a lot of um limbs off the Belichick tree just uh, don't grow and flourish like you'd hope it would. I know Miami's got a good coach there. A lot of people are impressed with the Giants coach, you know, off the Belichick tree, but... You know, that happens a lot of places. I remember Eric Mangini had some good years with the Jets. And everybody's like, oh, look, at will pan out. And, you know, that really didn't happen. So just one of those things. I mean, I can see where Deshaun Watson, was, you know, was frustrated with it. And everybody's like, oh, we should trade for him. So I'm I'm seeing all this stuff all over the place. People are putting, like, trade offers together. Like, oh, we'll give him Stafford and our first-round pick. And, you know, a second-round pick and next year. And, and, and there was one point, you know, um, me and Derek, we're chatting about this. And we're like, you know, why would Houston do that trade? You know, it's like, yeah, they're getting all the picks. But then again, why would Detroit do that trade? I mean, Detroit needs a lot of help. And I know I always say it, prospects are suspect till they do something. But there's a point where it's just you can't give a, a bunch of draft picks. You know, I mean, Watson, he's a good quarterback. You know, he is. I mean, I know Dabo Sweeney called him the uh, what is it? the Michael Jordan of football, which, I mean, come on, man. It's, you know, Derek Derek pokes at me still about, you know, Chalani Divide being a poor man's Chris Buhlman, but, you know, calling, you know, Deshaun Watson the Michael Jordan of football. It's like, yeah okay, let's just, you know, pump the brakes right there. Okay. I mean, yeah, he's good, but you know, he ain't that good, you know? And so I don't know, like trading Detroit, train a lot of their future away, you know, in draft picks. Cause once again, I mean, Watson is a, you know, he is a commodity there and, you know, he's done some good things, but, I think he's also one of those quarterbacks that needs a little bit of talent around him. I'm not saying he needs a stacked, you know, deck, you know, like, you know, some quarterbacks look great with um, you know, a st- you know a stacked team around them when they don't make anybody around them better. <coughs> Baker Mayfield, but um that's one of those things where I think, you know, if he has marginal talent, I think he's a marginal quarterback. Um once again, feel free to disagree with me, but um, if you're willing to give up Matt Stafford a first-round pick and, a, you know, a second-round pick or some of these other trade offers where it seems like the Lions are mortgaging their future for it, you know, I mean, I'm not willing to do that. I mean, like I said, he's a decent quarterback, but I don't know. You know speaking of Watsons, wouldn't you rather have, like, Randy Watson singing the, the Lions-a, uh, you know, you know, after score touchdown song you know their fight song that'd be awesome if have Brandy Watson and sexual chocolate down there you know singing that you know down the field and gain you know how sweet would that be but uh I think that'd be the Watson I'd want on the team as opposed to uh, Sean Watson from Houston so I'm not making that trade anytime soon I'm not looking to do that anytime soon once again whoever the uh new GM you know comes out to be I guess one. obviously the other one's going to be putting the uh that the squad together and if they feel they want to do that i don't think so but uh i mean once again from everything you're reading i mean it'd be a pretty steep trade and also the um it seems like a lot of stuff's coming out where stafford's still going to be here for a couple years you know simply you know one of his contract and two i mean he's still pretty he's still a franchise quarterback you know he's a starter we all know what what he is, and I know me and Derek both agreed it might be time just to move on, you know, see if you can get something for him um you know, I was you know, listening to the radio today, and they're like, you know you don't think the Patriots would be willing to give up their first round pick for him i don't know I don't know i mean I don't know what the Patriots are looking to do, maybe they want to go get another quarterback, maybe they can do like some more runs i mean, I mean let's face it i mean their their offense doesn't have a whole lot of stout talent on it, and Stafford's been known to make a few guys better. But it's one of those things where I remember for the longest time, it was always like, well, Stafford, you got to get him weapons. Got to get him weapons. So I would always like, where Derek questions his toughness lately, I always like, you know, it makes it sound like, you know, he's you you know, tough as nails, you know, always out on the field no matter what. You know, for the longest time, it was like Stafford always needs a bunch of talent around him. That's why they drafted the way they did. Brandon Pettigrew, Eric Ebron, you know, the wide receivers, you know, drafting up, you know, trading up to get Javon, you know, a job at best. And, Everybody was always like, oh, you need always talent around him. And, I mean, there is – I mean, there's plenty of quarterbacks that need talent, you know, to, to prove themselves. But I still think there's quarterbacks out there with limited talent, you know, and they, they make them better. I mean, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Aaron Rodgers. I think everybody knows the smugness, how much I don't like that guy. But, you know, really, I mean, he's a quarterback that does make players around him better. And, yeah, he gets a few calls. But still, I mean – He's a good quarterback. Let's face it. He's a good quarterback. So to say that Deshaun Watson's one of those guys that if he doesn't have superior talent around him, he's going to make them better, I don't think he's one of those guys. I mean, yeah, he's mobile. He's got a good arm. and But it's, it's one of those things. I, I still think he needs some sort of talent to be a good quarterback. I mean, we all kind of saw what they did this year. I mean, yeah, they traded Hopkins away. Hopkins, you I mean, one of the premier wide receivers in the league. I got it. But really, I mean – this this team wasn't like losing games like forty five to thirty eight. It's not like Watson was out there just putting a ball, you know, helping this team score a whole bunch of points. And I, I still think you need some talent. And right now, the Lions, where they're at with the salary cap, all the guys that are you know free agents on on this offense. Yeah, they got Swift, and yeah, Carrion Johnson's still there, and they have T.J. Hawkinson. I I mean, really, with um, young to no wide receivers on this team. I don't know if Deshaun Watson making a trade for him is, is the wisest move. So that's something I would stay away from. I wouldn't plan on doing that. And um, I would just, uh, I wouldn't consider if, uh, if I was the Lions. But who knows what the Lions are thinking. Sometimes they might want, you know, the, the new person may want to come in and may want to do a big splash or something like that. So me, once again, I'm looking to stay away from that. Um one other thing, and speaking of the Lions wide receivers, I don't know if anybody's seen some of these. I mean, I know I've I've picked up some of these articles. My favorite spot, Lions twenty four seven, as as Derek says, but uh still I mean, does anybody see like those contract demands Kenny Galladay is putting out there? It's like, dude, I mean, yeah, you're good, but I don't think you're that good. I mean, considering what you played five games this year and it was one of those nagging hip injuries and all of a sudden I mean once again I still think you're going to get somewhere like was it north of 15 or north of 17 I can't remember exactly I think I said north of 17 north is what I was predicting but like your contract demands for what you're for what you're looking for I mean I mean Derek like Derek says you're not a top 10 I mean dude you you're looking for that I mean it's just come on dude, like be, I mean I don't know who your agent is but let's be realistic here okay I mean those numbers you're looking for you know that's you know it's time to pump the brakes on there, buddy. I mean, it's like uh it's like, oh, what I could be, well, we saw what you could be. you sat out pretty much well the whole year, I mean, you played a third of the season if that you know, so uh I don't know what you're looking for is is really realistic and in and in, in what you're what you're thinking there, so one of those things like I'm not saying you're gonna give alliance a hometown discount, maybe you, you still want to consider the Lions. Uh, depending on who their coach and GM are going to be, if, if that's something you you're looking forward to, but um, gosh, I I can't remember. It was like five years or something like that, and you know, you know, eighty-five million or something, or some massive contract number. I can't remember right off the top of my head exactly what it is. I just when I first read, I just kind of dropped my jaw and went from there, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" So I mean, dude, you're good. I mean, I know I don't want to say it, your Lions good. I know Derek hates it when I say stuff, something like that, but I think it's time to realize, you know, who you are and, you know, where you're at and like the way you were injured most of the year. And, you you were great last year, but you didn't back it up. And me and Derek had this conversation about, you know, hey, you had one year. Okay, cool. You know, do it again to kind of prove it. And I know that was one of those things where Derek kind of mentioned it back and forth and like, you know, kind of back it up and prove it. And that was what he didn't, he didn't back it up you know, I realized, oh, injuries did it, you know, that's, that's I mean I don't want to say that's no excuse, but still, I mean, you know, five games and people are like, well, are you coming back, is he coming back, oh, okay, there's nothing to play for him. no use playing him anymore, it's, I, I don't know what he's, what he's thinking, you know, what I mean, so, contract demands, I mean, sure, you're looking for the big payday, I got it, it's your first real big contract, but this one, you may be trying to price yourself out of a market, and I don't know if anybody's going to give you that. Then uh, was it Marvin Jones? Uh, Marvin Jones, I read somewhere he was kind of interested, in maybe in like signing with the Dolphins. Um, <clears throat> maybe just wants to go to warmer climate. Maybe just likes it down there. I'm I'm not quite for sure where you know his hometown is. I guess I could have looked that up to, you know, get the thought process on that. But um, that's one of those things where maybe just you know he likes the way the direction that, that that team's going. You know, once again, I know. Uh, me and Derek had mentioned it. Derek had talked about it. Maybe t- Miami was looking to move off Tua. There's kind of a rumor that they're looking maybe to see if they can get uh, Justin Fields down there. So they, the injury, his hip injury has lingered a little more, cost him a little bit <clears throat> from what he could do in college. I know Derek likes, you know, always thought Tua was a winner, like this moxie, what he could do. Once again, I'm not a huge fan of Alabama quarterbacks. I don't think they – I think they're a lot more game managers than anything. Nick Saban doesn't ask him to be great because they're already playing on pro teams down there at Alabama, and not everybody you know in college is obviously going to make the pros. But for as, for as good as everybody claims that the SEC is in football, I mean, still everybody on that defense. There's only a few guys, you know, two or three guys on those defenses that are great. Where it seems like everybody on an Alabama offense is great. You know they got pro offensive lines. I mean, pro wide receivers. You know, always a great running game. So Alabama quarterbacks, I don't think ever really need to be great in college. They're they're already. Oh, they just kind of got to be game managers. They just kind of got to be there. So if I, I was never really, I never really thought highly of Tua coming out of college. I just, I just, I thought at best he would just be an average quarterback. Nothing great. And to hear that a team's already ready to move off him. But, yeah, it might not have to do with his play, but more have something to do with the the lingering injury that he got in college. But still, that's, that's hard to hear, and I'm not quite for sure what uh, Marvin Jones, like I said, maybe just wants to go down to warm weather. I don't know. He's played really well. Derek said, you know, no use – like, I don't want to write the guy off and say, like, the Lions shouldn't try to sign him. He did. He had a, had a great year for what he was out there at one point – you know, he kinda of disappeared. He came on really late in the end. I'm on one of those guys that seems like once again contract years, guys try to show up more. People make fun of me for that, but it seems to hold out. Hold true that when somebody knows they're gonna get a contract, they they wanna produce a little more simply because that's what's left in the mind. It's the parting shot where GMs and teams are like, Well look at look at what this guy does. Look look what he can do. I mean, Marvin Jones' has been around for a while, so everybody kinda of knows what he can do. And I'm not seeing some massive payday for him at this Age and is um where he is. I mean, I'm not saying he's old, but you know he's he's getting he's getting up there. You know he's definitely well seasoned, but um, he, I mean he's obviously going to look to get paid as much as possible. So you know the way he balled out those last few games, really got to hand it to him. I mean he really showed up. You know, considering he was really the the main wide receiver on that team at that point. Uh, Amendola was still around, but you know. Yeah, he's. I don't know if I'd bring him back. You know, he kind of really didn't do anything this year to impress me. And yeah, at this point, you know, I mean, yeah, they got Quintus Cephas, and they could go sign or draft some other guys as well. But uh, you know, see what you can do. I'd bring back Marvin Jones, but hey, if he's looking to you know go down to Miami or where warmer climate, I get it. You know, he can do what he wants at this point in his career. Like I said, maybe he just likes the way that team's going, but that's just once again just something I saw that I'm like, oh okay, maybe he just wants to head down there and you know finish out his finish out his career down there. And if that's the case, more power to him. So um, yeah, I would if I was the lines though, I would definitely look to try to try to get him back into the fold though. So uh, let's do this. Um, I know you you had a lot of uh, weeks where you weren't hearing any ads, but you know it's time to pay some bills again. Gotta take a pause for the cause here and. Uh, you know, get back to um, getting these bills paid for us so you keep listening to his, us here on the Detroit Kool-Aid. So I'll be right back. Welcome back to the Detroit Kool-Aid, everybody. Uh, this is Griff coming at you here on a Friday, just talking some basic football here and um, a few things. Once again, just uh, kind of um talked about, you know, you know training for Watson, the Lions wide receivers, you know, once again, um just want to touch base on a few guys that played in the uh, game Monday night, and um, you know maybe a few offensive guys that the Lions would lo- be looking at. Once again, haven't broke down any tape yet. I know Derek's been starting to do that as well, so I'm sure we'll cover more players as the, uh, the off season goes on. <clears throat> um, what I did want to touch base with here, obviously it's, it's still ongoing, is the coaching and GM search. John Schneider signed an extension with um, – Seattle this week, so that uh, takes him off the table. I don't know if um, they gave him any—I don't want to say—I don't want to say more power, but uh, Pete Carroll's the one who has the, the final say out there in Seattle. So anything that um, you know, he's got the final say on players, personnel. So Schneider, you know, he's out there, you know, obviously looking for talent. But it would have been nice, good here in Detroit, but I understand, you know. You, know, you want to stay in Seattle? That's fine. I got it. I mean, obviously Detroit moves on to the next one. I mean, they're still looking at um, what they brought Dobbs in. You know, Ed Dobbs. You know, from Indianapolis. There's a big rumor around his favorite guy is um Sala as well. But uh, Sala, I don't know if you saw that earlier this week. He did get a second interview with the New York Jets. So. I don't know it might be one of those things where Detroit if you want somebody you gotta you know push the button now if it Dobbs and Soler are your two guys and you like them both you know if that's the guys you want to go do you know go for do it but it's obviously kind of getting a little late in the game here for that I'm sure oh everybody's like oh what are you talking the playoffs aren't over yet still but if if he's your hot commodity they're not in the playoffs. You you might have to just kind of pull the trigger and go with it. I mean, Dobbs was with Cleveland or with uh, Indianapolis, and the Colts got knocked out. So these are your guys. Go get them. Um, was it also you know Culver still out there? The um the man who's um the, from Pittsburgh. Once again, I mean he was he used to be a scout here in Detroit. So you know he's worked in the Lions organization before. So he kind of knows what he's walking into. I mean everybody's like oh it's a different page with um, Sheila Ford-Hamp. It's going to be different from you know from her parents, which. Don't get me wrong, I really hope so. <clears throat> it seemed like, um, you know, you know, obviously William Clay would hang on to people way too long, you know, give them, you know, because they buddy-buddy up to him. It seemed like, you know, if they got a case of cigars from, you know, from a coach during Christmas time or GM, you know, William Clay was keeping you around. I think um, Martha Ford, um, I think she, I don't want to say she pressed the panic button a little quicker where she wouldn't want to hang on as much, but I think with her it's just, you know, age, did not, you know, sit on her side as well. So I think she just kind of realized it was time for her to move on. So I think Sheila Ford-Hamp, she's obviously going to be looking, you know, for the right people to lead this in, in the direction. So, you know, Colbert's dealt with the Ford family before. He's been here in Detroit. Like I said, he knows the organization. Once again, I'm, you know, I'd be happy with that one as well. So Dobbs, Colbert, you know, I'm okay with either one of those. I know Lou Riddick, a lot of people are asking for him as well. Once again, not comparing him to a Matt Millen type thing, but it, you know, once again, I mean, the guy's very knowledgeable about football as well. He's been here. I think he would do very well being able to judge, um, today's modern day talent. Well, as long with the, as long as the, other, as well as the other guys as well. So once again, Riddick, Dobbs, Colbert, all good picks. Um, the Lions continue to do a lot of interviews as well. Um, they asked, you know, to talk to Todd Bowles, defense coordinator from Tampa Bay. And yeah, I know Bowles was a coach before. I mean, Tampa Bay, you know, defense is decent. You know, got you know, got some good talent there. You know, don't know how I feel about it. Um, they also interviewed, was it Dam Campbell? The assistant uh, coach down at uh, New Orleans. Now, <clears throat> that's another one. I mean, he used to play in Detroit, so obviously he knows he knows the you know Detroit as well. But I keep reading these things like, oh, I'd be okay with him as the coach. I'd be okay with him as the coach. And as I'm reading this, I'm just like, why? What is what has Dan Campbell done for people to be like? Oh yeah, yeah, you'd be a fine coach here in Detroit, because he's the top assistant in New Orleans. I mean, what? Because he oh, he's played football. He, he knows it. At this point, I'm like, uh, I don't care. I mean, I, I don't know how excited I would be for Dan Campbell to come in here as the coach. And I'm sure like, oh, yeah, he, he'll say the right things. He'll know what to do. And like I said, he knows the organization. So I, I don't know if that gives him really the inside shot. But I I can't see getting all stoked over Dan Campbell as the coach. And like I said, I'm reading this from people like, oh, I'm good with this. Yeah, I want to be a bad hire. And it just makes no sense to me. I, I'm confused. Who's the top assistant in New Orleans? So, so what? I mean, that that team is Sean Payton's team. And they got Drew Brees. I mean, it was like, well, we got Matt Stafford. Yeah, you're right. But they got Drew Brees, okay? They got Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Those are two proven commodities. And Dan Campbell's just kind of there as, you know, yeah, he's doing his job, assistant head coach. And But really, I mean, is he coordinating anything? I mean, they're just kind of watching practice, and this is the guy you want to, you know, put in the team? I mean, understand, do your due diligence. and Interview as many people as you want. But um, I can't. I can't be picking up on Dan Campbell and getting all excited, saying this team's obviously going in a new direction if they take Dan Campbell. I guess I kind of feel the same way with Todd Bowles, though, to a, to a point. I'm just like, he okay, Todd Bowles? I mean, I, I guess I get more excited over other guys, but it's just kind of the way I look at those two guys. And then Marvin Lewis. I mean, you're reading all this stuff like, ooh, Marvin Lewis. Oh, gosh, he said all the right things. Well, yeah, and I like Marvin Lewis. I really don't have a problem with the guy. But it's one of those things where it just seemed, yeah, he made the playoffs a number of times with the Bengals, but he never won a playoff game, and it was like, well, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. Well, and I think the the one that really hurt the most was well, I can't remember the year out top of my head where what's the infamous Kimo vent oldhoffen game where he hit you know Carson Palmer and you know was a, you know, pretty much destroyed his knee in that playoff game where Cincinnati had was um had, had obviously had a really good team that year. And you know, after that, you know, without Carson Palmer, the offense wasn't nearly as good as it, it had been all year. But still, it seemed like Marvin Lewis really underperformed and really underachieved with the the amount of talent and the players that he had in Cincinnati. Those Cincinnati teams were good, but it just seems like they they always seem to disappoint a little bit, you know, dropping out early in the playoffs. And and I know a lot of Detroit fans now are just like, oh, that's what we're just you know, we want to we want to get back to getting to the playoffs. You're right, but there comes a point where just making the playoffs and losing the first round—it's just like, okay, you want a little more. It's to the point, you now It's just like I, I even want a little more now. I don't want to just get to the playoffs. I want to do some damage. I want deep playoff runs. I want great teams where teams fear them when they walk on the field. That's what I want. I—I I just don't want. Well, we made the playoffs, got knocked down in the wild card round. Okay, congratulations. You—you you, you had us for weeks. What, eighteen? Because they're going to seventeen game seasons now. So, hey, thanks. Week eighteen. We had another week, but we could have—you know—we could have done some more. We we could have, we could add a better you know better team. We thought we had the talent to beat this team, and that's just kind of, kind of how I feel with Marvin Lewis. I don't think he really gets a team over the hump. So bring, once again, do your due diligence bring him in. You know, you know, talk to as many people as you want. I got it. I'm cool with that. But once again, this is another guy, kind of like the other two guys that I just named. I don't think I'm going to get all like. Jonesed up for and just feeling like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is it. we're making the we're making deep runs with this guy as our coach. You know, I got I'm sure I'm sure he's a fine coach. I mean, really, but I mean, you always talk about retreads. That guy is the definition of a retread coach right there. And like me and Derek talk, we're always looking for Detroit to be cutting edge, kind of be out in front of the curve for a change. And I don't think Marvin Lewis really does that. I I, I just don't think he does that. Now, once again, I'm still, you know, you know, talking about Salah. I'd, I'd still really like to see him him as a coach. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like Eric Bien-Aimé is gonna gonna be coming here, but uh, you know, the Lions have you know interviewed a number of people, and I'm sure once again, I'm still the big proponent of hey, please hire the GM first. Don't hire the coach first. Let the GM pick the coach, and then they're they're tied together that way. Because if you pick the coach first, and the team goes sour, and, and then the GM's like, well, you gave me that guy. You wanted him first. You know, now I, I try to give him the guys he want, you know, as opposed to, like, hey, this is the guy I wanted. And I think we just saw that, what uh, the Lions did, you know, with Bob Quinn. And here, you know, we, we want you to we, – we here's the coach, and we want, you, we want you to keep this guy. You know, we we, we like him. And, you know, Jim Caldwell, he's a good coach, and we want you to keep him. But obviously Bob Quinn never wanted him and was looking for the easiest way to get rid of him so he could bring his own guy in. So, once again, just let the GM pick the coach. I mean, Lions have done their due diligence. They've interviewed so many people. And once again, I mean, it's more like a waiting game now. Once again, I I still think if they're really high on Salah and Dobbs and Salah's getting the second interview with the Jets, I think you might have to jump now. Or if you're not, you're like, okay, we think, you know, Sala and X person are pretty much on the same playing field. You know, that's fine. and Maybe you can wait at that point. And I'm okay with that. But, um... Please, you know, just let's see this one where I want to coach here. And, you know, as many Lions fans want as well, you, you don't want to be doing this again in another three years. You don't want three more years of mediocre to crappy football. You know, we, we've we've just had enough. And it's getting to the point now where, okay, I've seen this long enough. Okay. And I'm just like, well, go root for somebody else. No, I mean, like Derek says, I do get a, little, I, get, I do get down on them. I do. I got it. I got it. Yep. You know, and maybe you're tired of hearing me being down. You come to listen to Detroit Cooley and be pepped up. But there's a point where it's like seeing some of this talent on this team and what it hasn't done. You know, some of the guys that have missed in the draft, some of these free agent signings that have really hamstrung us now with where we have a salary cap. And what, like $10 million in space is all we have. I and mean, there's so many holes on this team. It's, we we got to do something, you know, here, here really soon. And I, I don't know if this is one of those, hey, this is going to be a three, four year turnaround. Hey, like I said, Cleveland, just a few years ago, owned 16. You know, Buffalo, a few years ago, wallowing in the desert. And they're they're back there doing some damage in the playoffs, knocking off some good teams. So that's what we're looking for here. You know, maybe not next year. Maybe in a couple of years they're, they're, they're really, you know, knocking on that playoff door, you know, playing some meaningful December games and getting us hyped up late December. It's like, hey, you know, You know, maybe instead of, oh, we need this, you know, just to be still considered as a playoff team, we need this one to, you know, hey, we're winning the division we need a home playoff win. You know, we're looking for a home playoff game, so this is what we need to win for. That's what we're looking for, you know, as Detroit fans. We're we're looking for more than just, you know, just being happy of getting to the playoffs. And I know baby steps you hear it, but, I mean, come on, man. We've a lot of us Lions fans been around here for a while. You know, we're looking for something. Even like Derek, you could hear the frustration in Derek's voice. listening to one of the show. He's been around like, you know, you know, 12, 15 years. You know, he's you know starting to wonder. It's just like, when's this gonna happen? When's this gonna? Hey, hey, Matt, feel your pain, D. I feel you. Like you said, you know, come summer. You know, come the draft. Come summer when training camp start back up. We're all gonna be drinking the Kool-Aid again. You know, we'll be picking this team for twelve, you know, eleven wins, even with a seventeen game season. You know, that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna be asking for this team and hoping that turns around. So once again, it's another important off season. It starts with, you know, hiring the right GM and coach. And once again, we're all gonna be drinking the Kool-Aid out there, you know, doing our best, hoping for this team, you know, go out there and it seems like a lot of teams in the division, you know, Aaron Rodgers, once again, he's getting long in the tooth. You know, I, I, you know, yeah, they got their, you know, Jordan Love at quarterback, and you know, there's, there's some okay young talent there, but uh, still, I mean, I mean, I think they can be beat. Minnesota, I mean, everybody knows how I feel about Kirk Cousins, you know, you know, he ain't that great, you know, so still they got Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin Cook's the man, and they got some, you know, you know, Justin Jefferson at wide receiver, and the guy's a stud. Chicago, Chicago, they still got Mitch. And who knows what they're going to do. You know, hey, they made the playoffs with me at quarterback, but still. I'm still not, I still think the Bears are, they're not that great. So, uh, the Lions, you know, a couple moves here and there. They can be, once again, you know, competing for, uh, you know, winning this division and uh, making the playoffs. And that's all really hoping for is Lions fans here. So, I'm going to keep drinking the Kool-Aid. You know, me and Derek are still going to be bringing it to you. Big, you know, you know, heaping, you know, glasses of it, overflowing, you know. Hopefully, uh, you know, we get that coach and uh, GM here pretty soon. Then we can start focusing more on the draft, thinking maybe what direction they be. Maybe looking to take, you know, take this team, you know. Complete overhaul, dump a l- bunch of people or say, hey, we like a, like some of the stuff here. I think we can win with these guys now. So, um I know once they do those hires, me and Derek will be debating that. And, you know, I know you guys will be loving to hear that when, you know, what we're saying back and forth, you know, kind of giving it to each other. So once again, if you like what you hear, you know, you know, you know, give us a like, you know, subscribe to us, tell your friends, you know, you know, leave a review, five-star review, you know, every little bit helps us, you know, hit us up on Twitter, you know, at, you know, at Derek Oakry or at Grifka DKC. Or feel free to call and text the line at 989-272-3484. Once again, 989-272-3484. Um, once again, um it's been really nice coming to you guys here on this Friday. Once again, another you know, weekend of playoffs, you know, enjoy the games. And as always, everybody, drinking in, man. I'm out. Welcome to the Detroit Kool-Aid, everyone. This is Griff coming at you on a Friday. It is Super Bowl weekend. It's finally here. I know there's been a long time. It seems like a long time without a football game. So uh, once again, it's Friday, so I'm going to give you the weather report. It's official. Old man winter, winter here in the north has his grip on us. I mean, it's chilly outside. Real chilly. So, of course, it's Super Bowl weekend, so once again with COVID, if you have a person or two over, once again, be safe. But still. Have all the same stuff you would always get for the Super Bowl. Go out there, get the 7 layered dip, get the pizza, get the chicken wings. I don't care. Get a big crock pot of chili if you want as well. I mean, it's anything. You can gorge yourself on Super Bowl. It's almost kind of like Christmas and Thanksgiving. You know, eat as much as you want. It doesn't matter. It's just a full day of football, all the prep, everything like that. So, you know, once again, it's too cold. Everybody in the Northeast, you got that big snowstorm, so you ain't going anywhere anyways. So you have a full day to gorge yourself. Get ready for this awesome football game that's coming up, that'll touch base on later. And once again, TJIF, thank God it's Friday. Well, I'm gonna start off by saying I would be remiss not to talk about obvious, the most obvious thing here, and that is the trade. One thing everybody's waiting for. Derek called it. it Was it on a show um, on a previous show, saying that uh, with uh, Brad Holmes coming here, you know. better chance of Stafford getting traded, you know, he put his conspiracy music on saying that he was going to be traded to the Rams. I threw one out there thinking maybe he would go to the Saints, but Derek said that probably wasn't going to happen. They already had, you know, his wonder, you know, quarterback in Jameis Winston and, you know, Taysom Hill, you know, who's a gadget player, so they weren't going to go out and trade for, you know, Stafford. But he did choose right and said that he was going to the Rams. Now, there's uh once again, like I've said before, this is a debated thought on, on Matt Stafford a lot of people liked him me and Derek were supporters of him we always thought he could do a little better here and there but still you know he was the best quarterback the Lions have seen in a long time probably since Greg Landry and I've been a Lions fan a long time even I don't remember Greg Landry I just remember hearing stories about Greg Landry and even when they pined about him you know my relatives it's not like they were talking about Bart Starr or Joe Montana or anybody like that it was you know Greg Landry he was a decent quarterback So if you haven't heard of Greg Landry, realize that you know Matt Stafford was the best on him. He obviously was leaps and bounds better than him. So to lose him in a trade, you know the haul that the Lions got, you can't complain. And you know once again, sad to see him go. You know Matt, you were good for the community. You're always you know towing the company line. You never heard any bad words you know about you out on the town. You know carousing, causing mischief in the city of Detroit making the Detroit Lions look bad, you know, when you were not on the playing field. So, you know, good luck out in L.A., you know, really. I mean, you're getting a team, you got, you know, good running game out there, good offensive line, you know, good skill positions, obviously a lot better defense than what the Detroit Lions have had. So, you know, it's one of those things where, I gotta wish him luck, and other people like were more than happy to show him the door. It's like, and they would have traded Matt Stafford for a bag of footballs, a couple kicking tees, and some uh, replacement cleats. So, what the Lions got, you know, you have to be really happy about it. You know, a couple future first-round picks, third-round pick this year. Yeah, they are taking a big chunk of salary here with Jared Goff, but after a couple years, you know, getting rid of him if he's just a stopgap or something of that nature. It's not a bad thing. So they obviously had to take Jared Goff off the hands of the Rams if they were going to give up Matt Stafford, simply what Jared Goff's contract was. Now, I've read a lot of things, how he fell out of favor, how defenses were able to adjust to Jared Goff and figure out you know if they can confuse him right before the snap, you know, change the way the defense looked, it was it was harder for him to make the correct play, the correct call. I mean, he would hold on to the ball a little more. He was one of the, he, I think he's near the top of um, turnovers for QBs over the last couple of years um, with um, you know, either sack f- you know, strip fumbles, you know, interceptions, you know, something that Lions fans, you know, are not going to be happy about, but it's one of those things where we kind of have to, you know, deal with it. You know, it, it is what it is at this point. They've said that with the uh, number seven pick, you know, if a quarterback fell fell to them, they they still may take the one if they if they really want them. So it's I can't see it happening based on at this point with the way the team is set up. I can't see them trading or or um, drafting a quarterback at seven and having both that quarterback and golf on the team. But um. Like I said, his salary really affects the cap where it's at right now. The Lions are going to have to make some other moves simply because uh, they're over the cap right now. Uh, They're going to have to restructure some deals. I mean, there's some deals out there that could use some restructuring and that with, you know, say Trey Flowers being one of them, maybe um, Jimmy Collins, you know, that would be another one that they could look to restructure as well. Um, There was, uh, you know, talk that, uh, you know, some of the trades that were offered to the Lions, you know, obviously wouldn't affected the cap nearly as much. It came down to you know, stuff is starting to come out, things like the Washington Redskins, you know, they offered something better. Uh, Carolina made a run right at the end, and that was one of those um, statements that came out later that uh, Matt Stafford nixed that trade. Um <laughs> the one, the one story. Reading that, he said, "You can trade me anywhere but New England." You know, that's one of those things where Danny Amendola. I, I saw earlier this week where he was talking. They were talking about the Patriot Way. He's like, "If you look up in a book at the Patriot Way, it's you're going to see a picture of Tom Brady. He was the one out there doing it all. Yeah, on the defense, they were putting the guys in the right positions to stop him, but Tom Brady was the one doing the stuff on the offense. So, you know, obviously the Patriot Way didn't work here, and obviously reshuffling the deck, trying to get some fresh blood in here." trying to turn the page onto something new. So I could see why Matt Stafford wouldn't want to go to New England. I mean, I've talked about this on a previous show, following a superstar. I mean, that Cam Newton, it's just he's really fallen off. He looks really old. Even the way he dresses, I don't know. It's like, dude, I, I guess that's fashion is, is what people are trying to tell us. But you're following Tom Brady. He couldn't win no matter what. No matter what Cam Newton did in New England... He never was gonna to be Tom Brady. He would have to go out and be like almost perfect and take him to the Super Bowl this year to, to be like Tom Brady. So I could see it Tom Brady's gonna to have a shadow in New England for a long time. So I could see why Matt Stafford wouldn't want to go there. All the pressure that, you know, fans put on him here. Imagine that, having to go to that City or go play New England. Well, you're not Tom Brady. You're not Tom Brady. I said it before. The quarterbacks aren't going to come to Detroit and say, "Well, you're not Matt Stafford. You're not Matt Stafford," because you could say, "Well, he never won a big game. He never won a playoff game." You know, look at his overall you know record. That, that, there's a big difference being compared to like you're not Tom Brady or you're not Matt Stafford. Yeah, Matt Stafford, great quarterback. Once again, still like the guy, but the next guy in Jared Goff. He's the shadow that that he's following, you know. And Matt Stafford wouldn't be nearly as bad. It's not nearly as bad as if Matt Stafford was to go to New England. So with that being said, I'm wondering on this though. With all it's start, like I said, it's starting to come out all these offers that you know were being made, and some said, well, Washington had the best one, stuff that could help the team right now. And with the lines getting more future picks, there's obviously a lot of holes on this team, and they do need to. You know, fill a lot of areas. So getting the most picks possible, especially high-level ones, is definitely going to help this team in the long run. As long as you know Brad Holmes and uh, all the decision makers, you know, knock it out of the park, or you know, fill the roles that you know what the Lions need with the with the talent that is needed to get this team into the upper echelons. But like I said, with that being said, it makes me wonder. There's obviously. The Rams, you know, pretty much made it known that they were looking to move on from Jared Goff, and they were pretty much looking to, you know, get rid of him as best they could without having to cut him, without having to eat that much cap, you know, his, his money against the cap. So did Brad Holmes really do his old team a solid by saying, okay, well, yeah, give us your picks, because obviously Derek mentioned it before, I mentioned it before, the Rams, they don't they don't value first-round picks They'd rather go get established talent so they're more than willing to trade or weigh their first-round picks. So Brad Holmes knew this, so I think he sort of did his old team a solid. But it's like, okay, we're going to give you a quarterback that's going to be, you know, fit, you know, that offense that you want to run, can make all the throws, you know, is a little mobile, more mobile than Jared Goff, and... You know, it's they do face some tough defenses out there. Seattle is a tough defense. San Francisco has been, you know, very tough. Sure, they're going to be flipping defense coordinators here, but even Arizona's defense, there's spots where they have some really good players and they have some holes. But still, that's an up and coming defense as well. So to have a quarterback where the game has seemed to have slowed down for him, he's at that. He's been in the league long enough where he's seen so much that he's not going to get tricked a whole lot. So. Brad Holmes really helped out the Rams on that. And, yeah, the Lions do play the Rams next year, so it might be one of those things where to say, like, oh, he's going to come back, then, you know, Matt Stafford's going to come back and really lay it on the Lions. The Lions might not be that good next year. So you could almost see this coming. And, yeah, Jared Goff's coming in there. He's kind of got that, oh, I want to be somewhere I'm wanted. And, you know, I'm glad to be here. So to say that uh, Matt Stafford may come back and have have a great game against the Detroit Lions – yeah, it could happen. We've seen it in the past with other quarterbacks that have been on the lines, went to other teams. And sure, every team's different. Derek mentions that all the time, where, hey, every team's different. And each one doesn't have, you know, any contact with anyone else. But still, I mean, Matt Stafford, I think he's going to come back here. I'm not saying he's going to come back here and look to just really show up Detroit. But still, I mean, it's it's going to be hard to face him next year when he's wearing the wearing that Rams uniform. So, Brad Holmes really helped out his team considering, his old team, considering the Rams were much closer to the Super Bowl than what the Detroit Lions are. Yeah, we're here to serve up the Kool-Aid, you know, eat the cornbread. Well, let's face it. I mean, the Rams are much closer to going to a Super Bowl than what Detroit is. And yeah, the NFL can be a a quick turnaround league, but still, this team has a lot of holes and they're going to have to do some magic with that cap to be able to get some, you know, players in here. Some really good players what the Lions really need. So... You know, I guess kudos to Brad Holmes. I mean, you, you helped your old team. You, you didn't leave that sour of a taste in their mouth. But um, you got the quarterback, and you took some more first-round picks off their hands. And I've read this stuff where Rams fans are really mad about this, that they they keep on giving up those first-round picks. But look what you're getting in return. Like, like I have said, you're, you're already getting that well-known. You, you know what you're getting. You're getting those stars. They're not training their first-round picks for a bunch of scrubs. They're getting superstars. I mean, that's what they're getting. So, yeah. I mean, do I care? No. They're just they have great talent evalu- evaluators where they're hitting on those guys in later rounds. That's one thing that we complain that the Lions have never done. You know, seems like second round picks have been a miss. Every once in a while they pull you know pull a nugget of gold out in those middle to late rounds, but more often than not they don't. And maybe the Rams are just better at coaching up those guys. They don't find the nuggets. They find guys that fit the system that they're looking for, and they're able to coach them up. Maybe that's what Brad Holmes and that new that whole front office is looking to do. It's like, like we're getting the guys here. We're going to draft those guys. Not We're not looking to be the smartest man in the room, you know, Jelani Tavai, Tracy Walker, you know, I don't know, Will Harris, those guys that maybe if you they do fit your system, you're able to coach them up to the level where you drafted them. Because I get tired of hearing, well, they can't help but They took them there. Well, it's not really an excuse. You took him there because you thought th- they could play there. So that guy has a little bit on him, too, to say, like, oh, they think I'm good enough to be in the second round. I better show them, you know, that I'm good enough to be in the second round and say, well, I can't help you took me in the second round. I'm more of a seventh-round guy. That has nothing to do with anything. Play like you were like in a second-round pick. Coaches, coach him up like you think he's in a second round, that, that, that he's going to be a second-round pick. And maybe that's what Brad Holmes in this front office can do, you know, what Dan Campbell can do. You know, get these guys that, that they want. So, with all these extra picks, you know, a lot of first-round picks, y- you know me, it's just, you know, yeah, I like first-round picks as long as you take positions that aren't luxury picks, because there's a lot of holes on this team. Let's not be, you know, going out there looking for another tight end, you know, something like that. Okay, that's not going to help the team. You got Hawkinson, you know, going to the Pro Bowl. So, I don't think you need another tight end here in the first, second round anytime soon. So uh, let's just uh, let's go with that right there. So I'm, I'm assuming they're going to use these picks pretty wise, and uh, that's the biggest thing that they need to do with this. For this to be a good trade, everybody's like, "Oh, the Lions got an A plus on this trade." They need to hit on these picks. They need to do what Jimmy Johnson did when they traded Herschel Walker away to the Minnesota Vikings. He hit on those picks. That that Cowboys team and those guys in the front office knew how to evaluate talent, and that's exactly what they did. That's what this team now needs to do. They need to be able to effectively evaluate the talent coming out. That's what Brad Ham's supposed to be doing. You know, he's the uh, college scouting director, so he's got to be able to hit on these picks to get the guys in place, and. Like everything said, he, you know, they brought Jared Goff here because he evaluated him a lot, he liked him a lot, and he knows what he can do. So that means that um, Anthony Lynn's really got to be able to tailor this offense to his his qualities that make him an effective quarterback. Um, I myself, I think he's a decent quarterback. I don't think he's a superstar. Yes, he's led a team to a Super Bowl. Yes, he has he has some playoff wins. A hell of a lot more playoff wins than what you know Matt Stafford has. But he's also had a lot better talent around him as well. Let's face it, he's always had good defenses, and you know good offensive line. You know the Lions haven't been known for that since Matt Stafford's been here. There's been a couple years where they've had you know good defenses. They've had you know great offenses. No running game, so. They could always just, you know, pin the ears back and go. Where Jared Goff, for him to be effective, I think he needs talent around him. I don't think he's going to raise the level of people around him. He's not going to be like an Aaron Rodgers where, you know, people, you know, or Brett Favre or somebody like that that's going to take average to middle-of-the-road players and make them better. And when those players go to other teams, people realize, well, they're not that great. Yeah, this guy's not that great. You know, this guy's not that great. Maybe he's just getting old. No, it's the quarterback that's making him better. Tom Brady does the exact same thing. He makes average players better. So when he gets superstars, it only makes his job a little easier. And I think Goff is one of those guys that needs talent around him for him to be effective. If you're asking Jared Goff to put, you know, the whole game on his shoulders and go out there and win it for you, you know, I think probably, you know, seven out of ten times that's not going to happen. So the Lions are gonna to have to, you know, go get some wide receivers. Yeah, they got DeAndre Swift here. But still they're gonna need another running back as well. And they're gonna need you know, there's you know, people say that they have over over three fifths of the offensive line is set. know, Jackson had a decent year, Taylor Decker's coming into his own, Frank Ragnall's Pro Bowler, that whole left side the whole right side of the line is not that great. So he needs to work on that as well. They need to get that talent in there to make Jared Goff effective. So if he wants to be here, you got, you got him, Brad Holmes. He's yours. It affects the cap. But still, you know what he can do. So get the talent around him to help him out. Or, you know, maybe you think he's a stopgap. Or, this leads me to my next point, other people were actually calling the Rams on Jared Goff beforehand. So maybe another team such as Washington or Indianapolis, they want they would like Jared Goff. They got the cap space. Maybe they want him. So maybe, you know, Brad Holmes works another trade. And that was one of those things where they were talking, you know, maybe the Lions give up Jared Goff if they can get, you know, Jared Goff. And they give Washington Jared Goff in their first-round pick, you know, to trade down and maybe, you know, get some other first-round picks and some other picks in this draft, some other high picks. So it's one of those things I read. It's a possibility. Washington's looking for a quarterback. Indianapolis, they got a lot of cap space. You know, they have one of those, you know, mid to late, you know, first round picks. So maybe that's one of those things that they look to do. But once again, those teams have to be enamored with Jared Goff as well. And he seems, for as as many people that are on Jared Goff's side, there seems to be just as many people that think he's just completely average middle of the road. Once again, not that great. So it's one of those things where, they gotta kinda overlook what he's you know, what he's not that great at. So for Detroit to ask for multiple picks for Jared Goff, I, I don't I don't know if they're gonna be they're not gonna get a haul like they did with Matt Stafford. Come on, let's face it, I know me and Derek will talk about this probably on another show, but you know, Goff he's not very mobile. He throws a he throws a good deep ball, but his arm's not really strong. I mean, he's got decent arm, but he's not going to fit that ball into tight windows like, you know, Matt Stafford did. And sure, Matt Stafford had plenty of throws that you were thinking, hey, who are you throwing to? You know, you threw that ball high or. But I don't think Jared Goff's one of those guys that's going to be like, if a linebacker and a safety are converging on a guy over the middle where Stafford would be able to zing it in there, I don't think Jared Goff's that guy that's going to be able to do that. And I'm still. Thinking that the game hasn't completely slowed down for Jared Goff yet, you hear that a lot. The game will slow down once you get it, and if defenses are able to adjust late, you know, in you know, on the um, clock, to show it's like okay, they're showing this, and then all of a sudden, right before you go to snap the ball with two or three seconds left on the on uh, on the play clock, um, they switch their defense and he gets all confused. I mean, that's one of those things where established quarterbacks that have been around a while. They know it's like, okay, they switched this, we, we got this. But I don't think the game has slowed down enough for them yet for that to happen. So other teams are going to want to, if, if they want them, they're going to have to develop him as well. I can't see somebody like Washington or Indianapolis just trading for them just to be a stopgap. I don't think that's going to happen. So if they want him, they're going to be enamored with him. They're going to plan on keeping him around for a while. They're not going to give up high draft picks just for a year or two rental. That's just stupid. You know, that would you know, that would drive the GM of the show, Derek nuts. You know, that would that would drive him freaking bonkers. Which it would. But um that's what everybody's saying here. Oh, he's just a stop gap. He's just a stopgap. But Brad Holmes knew him, he likes him, so maybe some other team wants him as well. So once again, it's always a distinct possibility. Some other team may come up, may be enamored with him, may want him as well, and they, they, the Lions make another trade, get more picks. There are a lot of holes in this on this team, and the more picks, the better. Because, once again, with where they are with the cap right now, they're not going to be able to fill everything through free agency. So um, right now it looks like building through the draft is going to be the biggest thing that the Lions are going to have to do. Um, let's do this. Before I get into my next uh, point, let's take a pause for the cause, pay a couple bills, come back, do the second half of the show, and um, I'll be right back. Welcome, everybody, back to the Detroit Kool-Aid. This is Griff here on a Friday. Um, just talking about, uh, made a couple observations about the trade, talking about Jared Goff, gave you my short take on what I think he's good at, what he's not that great at, and how he could be a serviceable quarterback here in Detroit, um, especially with the way this team is going to be put together in uh, Brad Holmes' eyes. Um, speaking of Brad Holmes, I-, I was reading earlier this week, they're obviously been doing it for a while now, but still it's starting to come out the, um, the talent, on this team. They're doing the roster evaluations of everybody on this team. I'm sure they've been doing it for a bit, but still it's starting to come out now. And I read one article like how it said, uh, Jelani Tavai and Jared Davis have really stuck out to him. And when I read the headline, so naturally it caught me. It did. It caught me. I had to read it. I mean, it did what it was supposed to do. Good writing to whoever wrote it. No, it wasn't on lines 24 seven. I know like Derek, Derek thinks that's all I read, but no, that's not where it was. Um, when I read the headline, all I could think was, like, stuck out what? Like, made you think, like, these guys could be good in what you do? Or the stuck outs, like, God, these guys were so bad. Where'd you take them? And I know there's people out there supporting Jelani Tavai, and I know there's people that supporting, you know, Jared Davis, saying, oh, they didn't use Jared Davis right. But the Rams and the Saints both kind of ran those speedy defenses. They like speed. And they like athletic guys. So bringing Jared Davis back to be that, you know, hand-in-the-ground, edge-pass rusher who's great on a blitz, you know, he's like, oh, these should move him to the outside, you know, because, you know, that's where he would be better. But still, I mean, outside linebackers tend to have to cover those running backs out of the backfield, your tight ends. And we know Jared Davis is terrible at covering guys. So that's one of those things where when you get him on the field, other offenses are going to point out, well, he's just here to rush the passer. You know, that's what he's going to do. So I, I guess may, maybe they, they'll, they'll be okay with, it, with that. I can't see that happening. Yes, he's fast, but he still takes poor angles and he still can't cover. So if you're just looking for him to be on a smallish defensive end to come off the edge to rush the passer on second and long and third and long – you're really hamstringing yourself with one guy there. But that's just my personal opinion. Once again, if you disagree with my opinion, hit me up on Twitter at, at @griffgooddkc, and uh, we can discuss. Or feel free to um, call in and text or message at 989-272-3484. Once again, that's 989-272-3484. And uh, you know, leave a text and say, uh, "Griff, you don't know what you're talking about. Derek's right. You have no idea ever what you're talking about. Um, once again, it's just my opinion. I'm just throwing it out there and as i always say reasonable minds can differ you know and you know it's my opinion i'm entitled to it it's your opinion you're entitled to it that's fine either i don't care how you uh came to came to your decision but anyways some people like jared davis some people think he should just be a pass rusher i myself i don't think he's that great he's not that great i don't care that he's fast still if you're just want him out there just to rush the passer fine but i think you're really hamstringing yourself because then you're really limiting on what that guy can do no, Jelani Tavai? I don't know how this guy stood out in Brad Holmes' eyes. It had to be because this guy can't cover either. I mean, once again, he's slower than a glacier. He can't cover a coffee table. He's just bad. He might be one of those guys, like, why'd they take this guy where he did? He doesn't fit in our plans at all. Yeah, he's he tries hard. I mean, yeah, but you can just see it. Obviously, that's not there. So I have no idea how... These guys would even fit in Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell's, you know, in, you know, Aaron Glenn's defense. I I don't get it. So there's got to be other guys out there that they're interested in as well to fit. So they're evaluating everything. And that's kind of leads me back to my prior points. If they're like, this isn't going to, you know, these guys aren't going to work. We need better talent. They may be more apt to trade Jared Goff just to try to get more picks. So, they're not going to be able to fill everything through free agency. Evaluating this roster for what they're looking for, you know, if it's speed and quickness, you know, people are saying Jeff Okuda's like, you know, Ramsey out in L.A. And, yeah, they were locked down and they have good footwork. But, hopefully, I just need to get down to training camp and shake Jeff Okuda's hand. I mean, it worked for Darius Slay. Slay had a – even though I I shook Slay's hand when he was a rookie – his second year he really came around I just think I need to get down to training camp and shake Jeff Okuda's hand even though I'm a huge Michigan fan and he went to Ohio State I'm fine with it. he's on the Lions now you know Chris Spielman's one of my favorite players of all time you know respected the hell out of him loved the hell out of him when I was a Michigan fan and he was he played at Ohio State I think it was damn good when they drafted him I was ecstatic I was like he's good he's good you know, I just remember seeing him on TV. Yes, I was even doing my lazy boy scouting at that point, watching Michigan-Ohio State games and all other Ohio State games when I was younger. And I'm like, wow, he's good. He's really good. So, yes, even though they went to Ohio State, I don't hate him. But maybe Ram I don't know if Okuda's ever going to ascend to how good Ramsey is, but they do have some similarities. So, stop being so tough on Jalen Ramsey right now, saying that he's a bust. He may turn into that. And then, yeah, I can be the waffle maker and say, yeah, he was a bust. I knew it all along. No. I'm laying it down right now. Let's give cornerbacks a few years, you know, a couple two three years before we official label them a bust. Unlike Tees Tabor, which we know even at that point, I'm like, well, you know, maybe he's got good skills. And yeah, after like you know, you know, watching this guy like three four games, I'm like, yeah, he sucks. So yeah, see you later. You're you are slow. There's people guys beating you on you know with, with a walker. You're just terrible. Jeff Okuda's not that bad. Okay, he'll be fine. And I'm sure Brad Holmes is looking at him as well, figuring out how to improve his defensive backfield. They need safeties, you know. Will Harris, you know, the, does he fit the scheme? You know, he's he's another one of those guys. He can be a little bit of a hitter, but he misses a lot of tackles. He drops his head on tackles. I thought maybe they could coach that out of him. I said that when he was, you know, when they draft him. I go, he drops his head and misses a lot of tackles. What's he done for Detroit? Drives ahead and miss a lot of tackles. So it's one thing that's been driving, you know, Derek nuts how he hasn't progressed the way he thought he would. Tracy Walker hasn't taken that step either. And evaluating what he can do, he's he's long and rangy. He's got long arms. Maybe it was just coaching with those guys. Maybe the guys that they're bringing in here are going to fit some of those spots that Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn are looking to fill. Anthony Lynn on offense, you know, with – Brad Holmes having to evaluate this offense, saying, "I saw an article saying that he would like Kenny Galladay to come back. Well, I don't. I don't know. I think Kenny Galladay is going to price himself out of Detroit. Really, he, he ain't looking to give this team a hometown discount. Saying that he laughed out loud after he heard Dan Campbell's, uh, you, know, you know, intro press conference. All I gotta say is, you know, Kenny, you've been you've been good here in Detroit. Thanks for your time here. See you later. I think this is one of those times where." I think even Derek would be able to find somebody comparable to him in the draft, say, like, this guy's him, go get him in the second or third round. You know, so it's one of those things where I had mentioned before where Jared Goff does not fit balls into tight windows. Kenny Galladay, there's times he's open, but he's just ran a good round and it's just confused the defense. If it's a man coverage, he has a hard time getting separation. So I don't think Kenny, you know, Kenny Galladay kind of fits – you know they would have to really scheme stuff out to get Kenny Galladay open for Jared Goff. So maybe he doesn't fit. Yeah, he wants him back. He's he's shown himself to be a, you know good to great wide receiver in this league. But I think he's going to price himself. I think other teams are going to you know really jack up the price on Kenny Galladay, even though you know Brad Holmes said that he didn't want him back. So to evaluate all the talent or lack thereof on this team, and then try to figure out. I guess you're gonna to have to have a plan. Dan Campbell's already preaching, you know, let the process work. You know, patience. Let the process work. How many years are how many years are we giving you? Yeah, we've been Lions fans for a while. For a while, you heard Derek get frustrated. You know, it's like I often questions, like, dude, how are you still a fan? All you've seen is bad football most of the times. You've been a fan. You know, how did you not go root for another team already? So Lions fans are hungry. They're really hungry for, it. and yet yeah, you're gonna get a couple years. But if you look really bad from the start. You know I mean, you're going to be hearing hearing about it, you know, the first year. So it's you got to be competitive, a lot more competitive than the, what they've been. So Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, really evaluate this team. You got some other guys. John Dorsey knows how to, you know, is really good at picking talent as well. So you guys got a lot of work to do. I believe that a lot more than you guys walking in the building saying, wow, we have a lot of work to do. More so than Matt Pat trying to put that crap out there, walking, oh, we got a lot of work to do. No, you had a team that was, you know, barely missed the playoffs. You didn't have as much. You're just an egotistical piece of garbage that, Patriot way, I'm the smartest guy in the room. Me and Bob Quinn, blah, blah. Get out of here. You know, Dan Campbell, you say we got a lot of work to do. You know, Brad Holmes, John Dorsey, you got a lot of work to do. Okay, I'm going to take your word for it because we all know as Lions fans what Bob Quinn and Matt Pat did to this team. Where are you there at? I mean, talking the dregs of some of this talent on this team is terrible. You know, it's it's bad. So you got a lot of hard work coming, coming up. You got to evaluate this team, figure out if you need more picks, see what you can trade. I mean, there are, there's probably some other talent on this team that some, pe- some people might want that you could trade for, you know, you know, trade for other picks, you know, even if they're later rounds, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, something like that. So I wish you guys luck. Just make us proud. Make us proud to be Lions fans again. You know you know, get us somewhere. Make us you know, make us fans, you know, wanna watch these games, you know, getting us, you know, to the playoffs in late November, early December, as opposed to like, let's lose so we can get a better draft pick. So that's all we're waiting for here is Lions fans. And uh, last point I have for you, uh, once again, Super Bowl weekend. It's uh, Kansas City versus Tampa Bay, and it's going to be a great game. You know, it's one of those things I'm sure everybody's going to be, you know, a lot of people going to be rooting for Kansas City. They like their offense, high-flying, high, you know, they're, they're, they seem hard to stop. Uh, a lot of people are just going to be simply rooting against Tom Brady and Tampa Bay simply because, you know, Tom Brady was pretty successful in New England. I myself, once again, I love Tom Brady. I'm a Michigan fan. I like Tom Brady. I do. You know, it's one of those guys that's just like, say it before, I wish he was ours. You know, I wish he was ours for all those years. So, um, who am I going to be rooting for? I, I guess i want to be rooting for Tom Brady. I mean, I, I have really no, I really don't care who wins. I mean, I'm just hoping to see a really good game. But, yeah, I, I wanna, I'd like to see Tom Brady and Tampa Bay win it. I mean, nothing against Kansas City. Nothing against Pat Mahomes. guy's hell of a quarterback. Nothing against, you know, Andy Reid. You know, any of that talent. But still, I mean, I think I just like Tom Brady more, so that's who I'm going to root for in this game. If you want to give me, if I'm looking to make a prediction, I think this is going to have to be some sort of, it's going to be a high-scoring game. It's not going to be a, like a you 53-48 know, or anything like that, but Tampa Bay is going to have to put up some points to keep up with Kansas City. Uh, Tampa Bay does have a decent defense. Kansas City, I, I, think, I think Tampa Bay's defense is better than Kansas City, but... Um, they they're, they're going to they're not going to keep Kansas City down. Kansas City gets their points. It seems like you know, teams get up. I thought Buffalo had a pretty decent defense and would keep them down, but that didn't happen either. So, this game if for for um, Tampa Bay to beat Kansas City, it's going to have to probably be a uh I'm going to say it's going to be uh 37 to uh 32. Tampa Bay. There we go. Um I know 7 and 2. Those are kind of uh, – seven's a good uh, score on a board, but two's really not. So, who's ever got boards this year, good luck on those as well. And uh, hopefully in the next uh, couple years, we're talking about the Lions going to the Super Bowl. Dan Campbell's got this team all fired up. Brandon Holmes has brought in the talent, and this team is scary for teams to play. That's all we can hope for at this point. So, once again, everybody, keep drinking it in. I appreciate you guys listening to me. Catch you next week um, after um, the Super Bowl. Everybody have a great weekend, and I'm out. Welcome to the Detroit Kool Aid. It's a uh, Friday, and this is Griff coming at you today. Um, once again, though, Derek had his Wednesday show. Did it with uh Logan Lamaran Deer. Uh, Logan dropped some knowledge and uh, some opinions on the Detroit Lions. Uh, Derek was there, asking him some poignant questions and having his quips like he usually does. Hope you guys all enjoyed that show. But uh, you just get me today um as it uh is Friday, of course, I am gonna start off with a weather report like usual, considering what uh three quarters of the United States was you know gripped by a weather winter weather storm this uh week. Everybody's probably still inside either shoveling out or uh just not wanting to go outside and play in the snow. But uh, this weekend it is supposed to be a little warmer here in Michigan. I mean, by a little warmer, I mean low to mid-20s as opposed to the single digits that we have seen earlier this week. So, I mean, yeah, there's no football happening, so feel free. You know, you got, probably got some other things you guys want to do. Catch up on some, uh, you know, DVRs or, you know, watch something on Netflix. You know, do some stuff with the kids. Go outside. Go sledding. It's actually a nice weekend to go sledding. That's what I'll be doing with my daughters. But uh, anyways, uh, TGIF, thank God it's Friday. So, uh first thing I wanted to touch base on was uh, Kenny Galladay. They were uh, thinking about uh, do using the franchise tag on him. That was uh, one thing that was mentioned that w- would be a possibility with him. Now, as always, uh, the franchise tag it pays you in the uh, the top amount at your position. I know I said before the season even started that Kenny Galladay would be looking for something roughly 17 mil north per year. And um, as on a previous show, Derek mentioned I mentioned it, and Derek said uh, it could have been old information that he turned on a 16 mil a year offer. So uh, I'm not quite for sure what uh, Kenny's looking for. There's always these rumors of him going to another team as well. And the one that was out there was the New York Giants. That, I do remember that one. But um, the franchise tag, I remember when it first came out, Players were all for it because it guaranteed them a spot on the team and, you know, guaranteed them money. And now it seems like uh, players don't like that anymore. They don't like having the uh, franchise being franchise tag. It really limits their options. I know some of them hold out when they're franchise tagged. I'm not sure if Kenny would do that or even if they would franchise him. Having the Lions only having Quintus Cephas as their only you know, viable wide receiver right now, Yeah, It's uh, it's pretty thin there, so I could see why they would look to do that. I think it would be beneficial for the team to re-sign Kenny Galladay. I know he was injured most of last year. Part of that could have been just by the season the Lions were having, and maybe, eh, who knows, maybe he didn't like Matt Patricia. Seems like a lot of players didn't like him, and they were happy to see him go. But uh, I don't know if Kenny Galladay wants to be here. Like I mentioned on a prior episode, that uh, after he heard... Dan Campbell's press conference. He, you know, said he laughed out loud. So maybe he's not taking the coach seriously. That would make it pretty difficult for him to, you know, listen to him, pay attention to him. My thoughts on it: if they get, if they do franchise tag him, I'm all for it. It's one year, and uh, they can see what he can do. If they like him, maybe they do break the bank for him. Maybe he does bounce back and have the year like he did in was it 2019, where he just was, you know all out for the Lions and we were all so impressed by him and he was that wide receiver that we were looking for after Calvin Johnson so it's a one-year deal you know I don't know like I don't I don't know if Kenny will sign or not if he if he wants to go somewhere else you know good luck to you I don't have an issue with it if he does if the Lions do franchise him there's always that possibility they franchise him then they do the sign and trade Naturally, with the sign and trade, whoever he goes to, they're gonna to want to work out a long-term deal before, you know, before the trade is, you know, you know, consummated. Simply because you're not gonna to want to pick up a guy for one year on, on a franchise tag. I'm, I'm out. So they're gonna to look to. Uh, they they would also look to extend him as well. So there's still many options here for the Lions with Kenny Galladay. What they want to do and the franchise tag is out there for him. If if he signs, cool. If not, no big deal. I guess the Lions will have to find somebody else. There's a it's a pretty deep draft for wide receivers. I'm sure Derek has a um, you know, a plethora of wide receivers out there. You know, through the first round all the way through the uh, end of the draft that uh, he he feels could fit the Lions. And I'm sure he'll bring you that information as well. Um, there's obviously some mag, mock drafts out there. And Jalen Waddle, you know, some people have taken them. And um, Devontae Smith's out there. Jamar Chase. All first-round picks at number seven. Me personally, um, I mean, th- they're all good. That they, they all, they all, they all the certain skill set they're looking for. They're all burners. Lions haven't had a burner on the field in a while. So, but once again, it's a deep draft. I mean, I, I said in a prior show with Derek, what would you take? I'm like defense, defense, defense. That's that's really what this team needs. It's a deep draft a wide, for wide receivers. You can get one later, and maybe you know sign somebody as a free agent, something like that. So. I don't think the Lions are all diehard. I'll have to go all in on Kenny Galladay. If they do franchise him, cool. Uh, next thing I want to talk about here really quick, is I saw this article, it was, you know, possible free agents, you know, cheap free agents that uh, the Lions may, you know, look to bring in. And there was, the last one was a surprise one. It said, uh, Jared Davis, you know, bring Jared Davis back. And I saw that, and I was just like, Why? Why bring him back once again? Why? And people, are, I know, like I said, people are like, well, I mean, they didn't use him right. They didn't, they, they, you know, you you didn't fit the scheme. They gotta do something else with him. And yeah, I guess that's a possibility. But I think at this point, as Lions fans, we we kind of know what Jared Davis can do. You know what he has. I I don't see this guy all of a sudden taking a big leap forward and he's becoming some you know maybe a possible pro bowler you know something like that I, I don't see that out of jared davis he just doesn't seem he's he's very ernie sims to me if uh anybody remembers ernie sims he was very point and shoot he he was fast and you know he could tackle you know somewhat but ernie sims also had a lot of drawbacks that made him not as effective even when it, he moved on too they ended up you know moving on from him and he went to the eagles and he wasn't very good from Philadelphia and i just think jared davis we we know what he can do so if you want to bring him back i think it's just almost kind of like a waste or like you're kind of settling i guess i mean why why would you i mean i don't know it's i i was after reading this i was trying to rack my brain of players that have been here and and the Lions let them go. I'm not talking after, you know, they signed, you know, the rookie deal and then signed another contract and left late in their career. I'm talking like early on. And everybody's going to point to Kyle Vannoy. And I, I get it. I understand Kyle Vannoy. I mean, we've all heard the story about one of the assistant coaches looked at him at one point in his rookie training camp said, we don't know what to do with you. you know, like, and that's just one. That's one poor coaching. Two, I mean, even the general manager, if you don't know how to use the guy or what you're going to do with him or how he even fits your team, why draft him? And Kyle Van went to New England. Had a very, you know, was very solid there. You know, was good and won a Super Bowl ring there. Uh, was signed with Miami last year. You know, he was decent for Miami last year. But there's been so many other guys that the Lions have gotten rid of when they were young like that. And like I said, I really can't think of anybody. And somebody's gonna point to me and say, "Well, look at Eric Ebron. Look what he did in Indianapolis. He went to the Pro Bowl the next year, and he was he was great. They threw him the ball, and he, he caught everything." I just think Eric Ebron was very motivated right there. There There's a difference between being motivated and being good. I think he just really wanted to show the Lions up that they made a mistake. You should have kept me. But then the next year, when he was in Indianapolis, it started to come back out again. No, Eric Ebron kind of went back to himself. Water found its level with Eric Ebron. He was he was what he was. He was here in in Detroit. Dropped the ball a lot. Won that great. You know, and obviously Indianapolis was more than happy to kick him into the curb as well. And then he went to Pittsburgh, and, you know, Eric Ebron's out there doing some tweets about, you know, going to Pittsburgh and blah, 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 and, you know, having some success there. But still, you had a lot of drops there as well, and you're still – you're you're completely average, dude, at best. So were the Lions sad to lose him? No. Was I sad to see him go? No. So it's it's happened, you know, for even in the recent history of guys – I remember when there was the talk after, was it Roy Williams and Kevin Jones? There was a talk like they were not they were going to let those guys go before they're under the contract as well. And it kind of punched me in the stomach. And I was just like, wow, man, that's a couple high draft picks. And gosh, they could be good if they did this and did that. And they just used them right. And then after a little bit, I kind of step, took a step back. And I was just like, why? They haven't really done anything here anyways. I mean... Roy Williams was always Mr. Gator arm if he, if he was going to get hit, hit, if he his tapes. I mean, yeah, he had a couple of nice catches, but the guy didn't like to get hit at all. Kevin Jones has always looked to run to the outside like he did in college. He was fast, but he could often get to the outside. The guy wasn't running up the middle at all. If he was, he was always bouncing it to the outside, trying to get to the outside. And he was getting tackled, you know, for like a couple-yard gain. That guy never busted off any run, runs at all. I mean, Javid Best, we all know him, we were all happy when they drafted him, but the whole thing with him was this concussion issue that he had out at Cal, and that's what peaked its head, its head here. So there was somebody else that the lines, let go pretty young. You know, Kevin Smith, I mean, we joke about Kevin Smith, you know, he was one of those guys, he would just, yeah, he had a lot of carries at, um, at Central Florida. And he was a workhorse down here, but when he got to the pros, he just wasn't fast hitting the hole. He seemed to get tackled relatively easy. He couldn't break a whole lot of tackles. And there was another guy in the lines so let go. And it's just one of those things where Jared Davis, we're just going to hang on to him because he may fit, he, he may do something. I, I just don't see it. I, it's, I, once again, I could possibly I'd totally be wrong. And I would be completely fine with that. I mean, okay, you know, eat some crow, but I don't think so. I think it's, yeah, it's my lazy lazy boy, uh, as Derek says, lazy boy scouting. It doesn't take a whole lot to see that Jerry Davis ain't that great. He's not. I mean, the guy can kick rocks. The guy can't cover a coffee table. And, yeah, he's, he's a total point-and-shoot player. It's just like, Jared Davis, you run here, he'll go do it, and he'll be really good at it. But if you ask that guy to read and react at anything, he's not good at that. He's he's Ernie Sims. That's what he is. So, you know, see you later, Ernie. You know, see you later, Ernie Sims slash Jared Davis. You guys are one and the same. Go somewhere else. You might have a you know a little bit of luck. But like I said, it seems at this point the Lions have a little bit of a you know a track hit you know a history of 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 that. You know, if they let him go, yeah, they might have a little modicum of success somewhere else. But it doesn't happen very often. It's usually just a dra- bad draft pick. So. As Jared Davis, I I don't want him back at all. Um, another one that uh, I, I saw an article recently as well that uh, Jeff Okuda was the uh, ranked as the worst first round draft pick last year, and you know of course it caught my eye, and of course I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna read it, and as I read it, I, I totally it totally made sense based on where he was drafted, how he played, which was pretty bad and we will admit that he had a very very bad rookie year and struggled a lot and everybody will mention well you know learning you know to play quarterback in the nfl it's it's a hard transition from college and maybe he didn't fit in the system exactly what uh you know, Matt Pat wanted to use him as what he played at Ohio State. Ohio State, he was more of a press man right at the line. Matt Patricia, they liked they said they liked to play it, but it always seemed like Okuda was always backed up a couple steps. Maybe because we know Okuda's not the fastest guy. He's not t or slow, but he wasn't the fastest guy either. So maybe they're more worried about him getting beat off the uh, off the line and just getting blown by, and the quarterback's just going to do an easy pitch and catch to a guy just running down the sideline. Maybe that's why. Um but I I still think Jeff Okuda is strong enough to knock a wide receiver off his off his route early on. So you got to get him up there. You got to do almost like a bump and run of press coverage with him. And that's what I don't think Matt Pat did with him. So I, I I saw, I totally saw the, the article's point of view, but I don't think he's the worst player in the first round. I mean, to say like, yeah, his production based on where he was drafted. Yes, it was, Pretty poor, so yes. But I highly doubt he's the worst, the worst first round pick, the worst player, I guess, in the first round. I mean, he was drafted, you know, third for a reason. We all, we all assumed he was good. Some people think it's where I think taking a tight end early on is is bad. Some people find taking a cornerback really high is bad as well. They they don't like it. It's just once again, it's just opinion. It's, and you're entitled to your opinion. If you if you think it's a luxury pick, or if you think you can get cornerbacks a little later, or, you know, cornerbacks in the first round are not an odd thing. It happens a lot. Just taking one that high, people don't like it. But, I mean, I didn't mind it. I, I still think he's going to be good. So, it's just one of those things where I think that's all it's going to have to do is motivate him, and he's going to become better for it. And he just sees that, he sees that, and it's just going to motivate him to be the better player. To the, the help out the Lions down the long run, you know, maybe he needs that little pat on the back from the new coaching regime. You know, Aaron Glenn's going to help him out. He knows the position. He played in the NFL for years, so it can only help him get better. And I think I still think the same can be said for uh, A O as well. Having Aaron Glenn as a defense coordinator, knowing the position, it could help those two young guys really step up. And I, I'm not. I'm not expecting Desmond Trufant to be around. I mean, that guy was a big disappointment. I'm looking for him to be a cap casualty, and maybe the Lions can get some money saved by getting rid of him. But the uh, Lions Ly- got young cornerbacks, Okuda and um, warrior and Aaron Glenn's going to help him out. So, you know, Jeff Okuda, take that article for what it's worth. Use it as motivation. Use it as, you know, billboard material, whatever you want to call it. But I can see you having a definite bounce back here in year two here with the Lions. Let's do this here, really quick, before I get into my next subject. Let's take a pause for the cause, pay some bills here. You hear a couple ads. Once again, thanks for uh, supporting our sponsors, Anchor, and you'll hear an ad for uh, Derek's Believe in Lines podcast with Benny Blades. It's a good show. Benny's got some good stories there, and um, him and Derek, um, Benny Blades and Derek, they do have their little banters back and forth, and uh, have their disagreements and agreements. It's a good show. You should give it a listen. And um, once again, you find that at any uh, place that has a uh, you know, does podcasts as well. So um, I will be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Detroit Kool-Aid. Uh, thanks for listening to our sponsors. I appreciate it. Uh, once again, you know, uh, find us, tell your friends, uh, hit subscribe, listen to us. And uh, once again, leave a... Uh you know, a nice uh, feedback for us. It can only help us out. And uh if we we love hearing from you guys, uh, you know, people, you know, hit us up on Twitter at um you know at Derek Oker or at Griffgad DKC. Or feel free to call in at the caller or text at nine eight nine two seven two three four eight four. That's uh nine eight nine two seven two Kevin Smith Herman Moore. Uh give us a call, give us a text actually. We'd like to know your opinion on some stuff. So uh, or how you even feel about the upcoming lions. How you feel about Dan Campbell as a coach. That would be nice to hear as well. So, um, uh, My next topic, what I really want to touch base on, is now that uh, Jared Goff is on the lines. I know at one point last year, prior to the season, I did a show of ranking positions in the division. And it, may, once again, made me start to think of where, uh, you know, with Matt Stafford gone, I had him right behind uh, Aaron Rodgers. But uh, where's Jared Goff fit in this div- division? It seems like there's going to still be a lot of turnover. It seems like every team, from what I've heard in this division, could have a new starting quarterback going into next year. Uh, there's rumors, a the scene about Carson Wentz getting traded to the Chicago Bears. Um, was it the 49ers were looking, were talking about trading for Kirk Cousins. Aaron Rodgers looking to move on from Green Bay so Green Bay could, you know you know, see what Jordan Love could do. So it's hard to say exactly where Jared Goff fits in, Based on not like knowing who's going to be here for every other team in the division, and if I was if we started with at the beginning of next year with the exact same starters that we have now that we know of, talking Mitch in Chicago, Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, and Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. If I, once again, if I was to break it down, obviously Aaron Rodgers is head and shoulders better than any quarterback in the, any other quarterback in this division. You know, hands down, not even close. I mean, I think he gets some calls. I think he's smug. I think he's a crybaby. But let's face it, I mean, once again, guy's good. You know, can't, can't stunt, he is. Um, now, Jared Goff, I mean, a lot of people are going to point to. I know there's points where Derek points at Kirk Cousins' stats. Like, well, look what he's done the last few years. Look what he's done. But I still think Kirk Cousins is a completely average quarterback. You know, uh, he's just, I don't know. It seems like he had He's had some talent in Minnesota and he does stuff with it, but then he's had some talent in Minnesota, and he hasn't done anything with it. When he was in Washington, he didn't have the greatest supporting cast, but he'd always put up kind of decent years with Washington. I just think he's an average quarterback. Do I think he's better than Jared Goff? I mean, if you're going to look at people are comparing, was it Matt Stafford's numbers to Jared Goff's numbers and saying how similar they are, I mean, if that's the case, I'm going to say, well, no, because I always thought Stafford was better than Kirk Cousins. So I mean, if you're gonna compare Jared Goff and Matt Stafford, I'm gonna say Jared Goff's better than Kirk Cousins. Now people are gonna be like, well, you can't do that just based on some stats or two different divisions. And but if I mean, if that's the case, I think everybody's going to agree that for that time, the NFC West had better defenses that Kirk that Jared Goff faced than what Matt the Matt Stafford faced here in this division. I always thought Green Bay's defense was a little overrated, which I mean you know, I, I still think Minnesota's – or Green Bay's defense gets some calls. I mean, based on them being Green Bay, I mean, the Monday night game two years ago, we were there. Saw a couple of plays on defense that the Green Bay defense did. I still think there's other times where they're allowed to do a little more grabbing and stuff like that where they get away with it. But, I mean, okay. I mean, the Smith boys on, on that defense, yeah, they're good for, for that defense. And I guess it fits their, their defense. But I think they're completely – I think they're okay. I don't think they're great. If you disagree with me, feel free. Hit me up on Twitter at, at GriffgoodDAKC or calling on the, on the on the line. But Green Bay is Green Bay. I mean, I think we all saw them later in the playoffs, how much their defense got exposed about how com- completely average it was. And, and that's the case. Uh, Minnesota's defense really took a step back the last couple years. They used to be the creme de la creme in this, in this division. I really liked Minnesota's defense, all the players on there. So... But the last couple years, like Zimmer just hasn't had the defense that he has. And Chicago's defense really up and down. A couple years ago, really good. Last year, eh, a little bit of average, and eh, not that great. But then the same could be said if you look at what Jared Goff took on out in the NFC West. Seattle's defense used to be the creme de la creme. Last couple years, they haven't been that great. I mean, I still think they got that moniker. People think, you know, they're great no matter what because they're Seattle and everybody remembers the Legion of Boom out there and all the players they used to have, but go check the numbers. The last couple of years, they've been a little below average. San Francisco. San Francisco's defense when Jared Goff first came out there was it was only okay. But then uh, Sala really turned it around, you know, and that defense has probably been the best defense that he's had to face out there the last uh, few years. That's once again my, just my opinion. You could feel different, and I think Arizona's defense. Arizona's defense—they have a good defense. I mean, they got some you know fast players. They're they're talented. They have a couple holes here and there, but mostly that defense flies around. They they're attacking all the time. They're always looking to put pressure on a quarterback and putting everybody knows the best way to get a young quarterback you know out of his game is to throw pressure at him, and that's what Arizona does. Those guys—they're they're they're flying around the field. But there's just some holes there where that the defense that they they get exposed at points, and that's why Arizona's not out there, you know, you know, running away with the division. I mean that their offense, you know, at points is coming along too, but still their defense has held a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of times that Arizona team in, in games because of that defense. So to say like Matt Stafford and Jared Goff, you can't compare them because they're in two different divisions. I still think that kind of the talent levels they were facing were very similar so to say that their numbers to compare their numbers to say apples and oranges two different divisions blah 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 the talent I would say no I would say it's apples to apples on that based on what they're doing so with that being said am I going to put Jared Goff above Kirk Cousins of course I'm going to put you know Jared Goff above Kirk Cousins everybody knows how I think about Kirk Cousins it's almost how Derek feels about Ryan Tannehill you know that he's terrible. That he sucks. He's not great, even though Ryan Tannehill's throwing, you know, throwing you know, throw up, you know, put the team in the, you know, on his back a couple times and uh, put him in the playoffs. And it was like, well, it's Derrick Henry. Well, you're right, Derrick Henry's run, but still, you have to have a quarterback to be able to chuck the ball around, and that's what Ryan Tannehill does. So, you know, I, you know, I don't think Ryan Tannehill's that great, but you know, if you're gonna you're gonna throw the wins and losses because that gets thrown at me sometimes. Well, look, he's got the wins. Okay. Well, if that's the case, Jared Goff's got the wins. Jared Goff's been to Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, they he, he struggled in it against New England's defense, and I know St. Louis, not St. Louis. I know the Los Angeles Rams had a great defense at that time, and even you know recently their defense has, has been pretty decent. You know, it' been good. So, he's just last year, Golf. I mean, I think some of it was they kind of stopped doing what you know Golf. You know, I think kind of performs a little better at. I think you got to move him out of the pocket a little more. I don't think you can just put them back in there. Um, um, the Rams' offensive line it's been okay to decent. I would I would say it's very similar to Detroit's offensive line. Uh, maybe Detroit's is a little better, younger, up and coming at this point. Where the, a couple you know a couple years ago, to um, yeah a couple years ago probably I would have to say Los Angeles had a better offensive line for Jared Goff to run behind and play behind as opposed to Matt Stafford. And even at this point, um, you could compare the running game, which obviously takes pressure off the quarterback to make a lot of plays. If you have a running game, um, it seems like Los Angeles has always had a, a pretty decent running game with that too. So, and obviously Detroit's is up and coming. They got Swift, and they just need to find uh, you know uh, another back back there to help him out. You know, carry ons back there, but nobody's putting a lot of stock in him. So. Jared Goff better than Kirk Cousins of course and then everybody knows everybody knows that listens to the show knows how I feel about Mitch I mean it seems like that guy they just don't want him around they but he shows up against the Lions but I think that has more to do with like you know Matt Patricia and his awesome scheme and whatever than you know him you know Mitch being any good because he pretty much blows against any other team but uh Mitch, I don't, I don't care who they get. They can go get Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz, I still believe, can still be a decent quarterback, but he's not there. So I'm comparing Jared Goff against Mitch, and far and away, Jared Goff's better than Mitch. And, I, and people can say, oh, Mitch is coming along. He's making plays. He's doing that. But once again, he's another one of those quarterbacks where water finds its level. He is what he is, and gosh, the Bears giving up what they did to trade up for that, you know, to get that guy. Congratulations. That's just right there. You're getting a golf clap for that because that's just one of the dumbest trades I've ever seen. So, still, I mean, if we were going with the quarterbacks that are currently in this division without any trades, any moves being made, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers coming back to Green Bay, you know, obviously I would put it, you know, maybe this is just me drinking the blue Kool Aid, but uh, of course I'm taking. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers first, Jared Goff second, Kirk Cousins third, and then Mitch as the final, as the final final quarterback in this division. But I mean, it's really honest I mean, gosh, we're still you know a little bit away from the draft, so there's always all these moving parts, and even the four-letter networks calling this off-season the uh, the quarterback carousel. You know, everybody's just waiting for everything to fall and. You know, the first one to move, obviously, was Stafford. And there's still all that big rumor that, uh... Was it that the Houston can move on from Watson? Even though Houston's like, We have no... We're not trading them at all. Well, everybody's tradable as long as you, uh... As long as you get the right deal for it. So, they're obviously not, you know, dumb. Houston's not that dumb to turn down something. But, well, they've made bad trades in the past, too. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. I still think they're, uh... You know, wondering about that there in Houston. But, uh... There's, a we're just hoping Goff comes here and and kind of, you know, balls out. Kind of goes back to, like, you know, leading them to the playoffs. And it's going, to be, uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, that's why they have to go get another wide receiver. You know, like I said, either they're going to franchise. Like I mentioned before, they're going to franchise Kenny Galladay, or they're going to have to go sign a free agent and draft one you know, in the first couple rounds. But uh, there's, there's a little bit of a talent gap here, but I think Goff could be okay. I don't I don't believe he's the guy like Matt Stafford that can make any any wide receiver. You know, throw up good stats with any wide receivers. I mean, yeah, we always talk about how we had Nate Burleson and Calvin Johnson and, you know, we had Marvin Jones later and Kenny Galladay. But, hey, we all remember those games where his, like, his number one wide receiver was, you know, Chris Durham. I mean, and everybody's going to be like, uh, who? I- exactly, Chris Durham. So, even though they were roommates in college and they were friends and you kind of knew them, but still. I mean, Chris Durham obviously wasn't a pro wide receiver. There's plenty of times where Matt Stafford has had, like, nobody to throw the ball to. So Jared Goff, I don't think he's that guy that's making a whole lot of wide receivers better. I think he's a guy that needs talent around him for him to succeed. I, I, he's a, So the Lions can't come into next year with – a really lackluster wide receiver core hoping that DeAndre Swift can just carry the load, be like one of those old workhorse running backs. And you know, the last one I can really remember is Adrian Peterson. I mean, some people might say Zeke Elliott down in Dallas, but even Dalvin Cook up in Minnesota, but I, I don't think DeAndre Swift's as good as those guys at this point. So they need another running back back there. And that, wide, that offensive line, they need a right side. So, Jared Goff, I mean, he's still probably the second-best quarterback in this division, in my humble opinion. I mean, if you feel different, hit me up on Twitter. I'd be fine with that. Once again, I'm at GrifkaDKC. Or, you know, you can find Derek at Derek Oakry. You know, he'd be more than happy to uh, put his opinion in there as well. But um, there's uh, still a lot of moving parts on this team. Still a little bit to go before uh, we kind of know what this is going to be on the field. And like I mentioned on a previous episode, Dan Campbell said, you know, trust in the process, trust in the process. But they're going to ride Jared Goff at least for the next couple of years. I, I, I'm i a firm believer in that. I don't see him taking a quarterback high, you know, in, in this year's draft. Maybe next year, depending on what Jared Goff does this year. But as as we mentioned, Brad Holmes likes him. Brad Holmes scouted him. You know, we brought him here for a reason. He wasn't just a throw-in, as everybody says. So they're going to ride him this year, and they're going to look to build this team other places. So, Jared Goff, be the second-best quarterback in this division. We would love to see it. So, um, It's been a uh, pretty, pretty interesting offseason so far, and we still have a long way to go before uh, any off offseason workouts, any, you know, obviously, uh, you know, training camps. But uh, there's always news coming out of Detroit, it seems, uh, this time of year, and uh, we're pretty excited for the offseason, you know. So, well, that's all I got for today. I do appreciate you guys listening. And once again, it's Friday. You know, everybody stay warm, stay safe. You know, hopefully, uh, if, you, if you had the chance to get the vaccine, c- congratulations. I know still a lot of people are waiting for it. But uh, I appreciate you all listening. So, everybody, you know, have a good weekend. And as always, drink it in, man. Welcome to the Detroit Kool-Aid everybody. It's Friday and this is Greff coming at you again. Um as you heard from Wednesday's show, Derek had another guest spot. It's a very entertaining show. Good listen. Bears fan, which I'm okay with that. You know, it's uh nice to have a little banter back and forth between the two. And I know on the last few shows, uh Derek keeps kind of uh, mentioning that uh he's uh, just taking a break from me. You know, he's kind of you know as a quote unquote kind of kicked me off the show for a time, but you know, that's okay. Um what you don't realize is like doing a podcast with Derek to me is kind of like dealing with my ex-wife where t- chatting with her, figuring stuff out, her opinion is always the right one, yours is always kind of wrong and um, doesn't see your opinion and if you are wrong ultimately the uh, admission of being wrong is generally really quick and then poo-pooed aside and never mentioned again but that's fine. I mean it's, it's not bad talking to you guys, doing my own show um, every now and again. So I am, hope you enjoy listening to me, but uh, it is Friday, so um, as always, you always get my weather report uh, this weekend. It's actually supposed to be uh, mid to upper 40s here in uh, mid-Michigan. It's almost like sp- it's pretty much spring weather outside, which means I'm going to be busting out my shorts, getting my flip-flops, be looking to head to the beach here at some point, but geez, you know, compared to the negative degrees that we were in just seems like you know, 10 days ago with all the snow. So you know not being that bad outside i say go outside uncover that grill again um, if you do cover it up for the winter maybe you can cook up some steaks even just want some burgers or hot dogs just to get that you know spring summer feeling going again but as always tgif thank god it's friday um first thing i want to start off with today was um saw an article earlier this week about um matt campbell's i guess his take about how he feels about The way people think he's going to be the coach or what people are calling him. I guess some reporters and some talking heads are, you know, receptive to him and like him. They think, they like his energy. As Derek mentions, it's, uh, you know, bringing a new style to Detroit. Something Detroit hasn't had in a while. fiery presence. And um, some people like that. And then there's other ones out there that, I guess, the terminology I, I read and ended up reading was meathead. They just think he's a meathead. And... First of all, I mean, I don't know what gives you that impression. Yeah, he's a former football player, and he has a very strong personality, you can tell just by his introductory press conference, but that doesn't mean the guy doesn't know football, and I really like the way his he's he's coming back at it and saying, well, yeah, I guess you could call us that, but, you know, they're football minds, him and Chris Spielman. You brought Chris Spielman into it as well. And I think they're, you know, Chris Bielman, Just by listening to him call games, he's um he knows the game very well. And it seems when he is being the color man on a football game, he's able to point out, you know, things that you know guys aren't doing correctly, what they need to do. Kind of calling out, you know, what teams should be doing to improve, to stop more so than just some color guys that, um, you, know, you know, I know Derek really liked keep to leave when he was doing that, but I mean, yeah, he was like entertaining, but like. Entertaining almost in a ha ha thing where Chris Spielman's actually kind of giving you something like this is what you know the team needs to do to stop this or something like that. So they he knows the game and so does the head coach. So I almost like that the way he just kind of brushed it under the rug. It's almost to the effect that it's like he's saying go ahead, underestimate us, take us, you know, as the same old Lions. You know, take us, you know, that you're going to be beating us down for the next however many years, you know, I'm here, doing what I'm doing, putting my team together and my staff. I like that. You know, kind of fly under the radar. Well, they're going gonna—they're not going to be a good team. Look at their head coach. He's just a meathead. And with that being said, and you know, I saw a power pole already and the Lions were ranked dead last in said power pole. So, I know there's like, once again, a lot of pundits out there just not giving them credit and... I'm even willing to admit, you know, at this point right now, I don't think the Lions are going to be very good next year. I think they're going to play a lot harder. And I think this coach and the staff that he's bringing in of former players and some wise sages that have been in the league for a little bit, the team's. I think it's going to be a better team. I don't know if they're going to be sniffing the playoffs or they're going to be another 5-6 win team, but I think they're definitely going to play harder. So many times last year it looks like that team gave up until they got rid of Matt Patricia, then they played harder for Daryl Bevel. But I think that's what um, Campbell brings. He's just going to be a better – he's going to be a more fiery coach. And the team is definitely going to play harder for him. So when pundits are out there just, you know, saying that, oh, he's just a meathead, a football meathead, it kind of harkens back to – I don't know, you know, being a child of the 80s, you see in, like, those 80s movies and even some into the 90s, like, the jocks have, like, they're just, duh, 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 you know, in, in the movies they can't, you know, rub two words together to put a sentence together. And I don't think this is going to be this way. I mean, they're smart. I mean, think, it's it, it's almost calling them meetings, just almost kind of like using that stereotype that, you know, he's just out there and just, duh, duh. Duh, play football. to play football. And that's not what it's going to be. Yeah, what he said, you know, like I said, Kenny Galladay, like, laughed out loud, you know, when he said, you know, bite a kneecap off, take two punches, get back up, or take your other knee. They're going to be taking hunks out of you. I mean, that it is. It's fiery. And maybe a lot of Lions fans just aren't used to seeing that. We're used to the mild-mannered and kind of laid back. And who's the last fiery coach that we had here? I mean, Bobby Ross was fiery. I don't think he was as fiery, but by the time he was here, he was just kind of older and maybe mellowed out a little bit. But he was definitely a fiery coach. I mean, Wayne Font seemed a little fiery. That guy always had a nice sound bite. And I mean, I, I loved, you know, who didn't love Coach Wayne? Who didn't love the big buck? Benny Blades talks about how he, lo- how he loved him. And when you listen to the Believe in Lions podcast with him and Derek, I mean, he loved Wayne Font. I mean, how was he not a good coach? But that's one of those things where those guys you know Wayne Founce was able to get team motivated I think where when Bobby Ross came in they didn't like his I, mean, he, I I would call him fiery but he was more like along the lines of Matt Patricia more stern more disciplined and I don't think the team took to that well so he was uh he was just wasn't good with what the team had at the time but I think that's what Campbell is here for he's to kind of get him out of that malaise of, you know, the coach, the, I don't want to say, you know, very stern, very regimented. I don't think the Lions are going to be undisciplined and run wild like when Jim Schwartz was here, which, by the way, was a very fiery coach as well, you know, got him to the playoffs, took took you know, took, a, took over a zero-win team. But I think with coaching hires now with the Lions, I just think a lot of people are just out there thinking – it doesn't matter who they hire. It's going to be the same old lines. It's going to be the same old lines. It's going to be the same old lines. Where Sheila Ford Hamp is getting a lot of praise for wanting to turn this organization around. I'm not saying that, you know, Miss Ford wasn't looking to do that. I just I don't think they just knew how to do it. It's putting the right people in the right, right positions. And if people want to go out there, pundits want to go out there and call our new head coach a meathead, Feel free, because all you're doing is underestimating the guy. And with that, you're just giving the Lions, you're giving that coaching staff, and even to a point you're going to give the players a little bit more motivation. If they like the coach, if they're going to run through a wall for him, you know, calling him a meathead, that's just going to want to make him play for for him harder. And I realize they're professionals. They should be motivated to play already. It's not all rah-rah like it is in college and high school. I mean, this is their job this is what they're paid to do i mean so with them having to get you know a fiery speech or something like that from the coach he he's been there before i think he knows what to say what to do to get a team motivated to go play a big game and to go play get motivated on maybe those dog you know dog games where if you're a good team and you think you can go into a stadium put your helmet on and win which we've heard in the past with other Lions teams do, like, oh, we thought we'd go in there and just win, and they end up losing. Which has happened; those quotes have come out before. Then, I think he's almost the right coach to do that, and they're even putting the staff together to do that. You know, all the former players, they they know what it takes to win in this league. So, go ahead, pundits, call call the head coach, call all the coach, call the front office, call them all meatheads. That's fine. Just write them off, because I'm going to tell you, maybe next year, this year coming up. With the the devoid of talent that was on this team, it's going to take a little bit to get them back, you know, back up and going. You know, in a couple of years, this team's going to be knocking teams out, and they're going to be a very dangerous team. So, and that's what I'm really looking forward to as a Lions fan, and I know that's what a lot of the Lions fans are looking forward to as well, for this team to turn it around and get going and be the scary team walking into stadiums. That's what they're looking for, and that's what that, that's what I'm looking forward to. It. So. I'm going to be patient, you know, I'm going to trust the process, like you said, but you know, hey, you only got so much time to get this turned around before Lions fans are going to start calling for your head as well. So um next thing I wanted to mention was um the wide receivers. And that's that's big what what we have coming in or what the lack we have. I mean, there's once again the talk of, you know, putting Kenny, the franchise tag on Kenny Galladay, because obviously Jared Goff needs to throw the ball to somebody and the only other one on the only other real wide receiver on the team right now is Quintus Cephas. And I hope the uh, recent filing against the University of Wisconsin, you know, for you know, feeling that he was a scapegoating situation. If you don't know what I'm talking about, feel free to go look it up. Um, but I do remember when that happened to him at the University of Wisconsin I always thought he was a decent wide receiver there just obviously my lazy boy scouting as Derek puts it that um I always thought he was a you know decent to good wide receiver for uh for the University of Wisconsin and I like the University of Wisconsin I do they're one of my favorite teams in the big Ten so besides Michigan obviously is the number one but I like the University of Wisconsin I watch a lot of their football games as well so I hope this doesn't interfere the Cephas court case doesn't interfere with him trying to improve as a player on the field. I don't know. I don't want to say it's going to motivate him. Um, he's obviously, he's looking for something. I don't know all the details of it and I don't know what's in his mind. And that's fine. I just hope it doesn't affect his progression of becoming a wide receiver in this league because the lines are going to need him. I mean, there's plenty of other guys out there, you know, obviously cap casualties, you know, people that, you know, teams are going to get released, you know, things like that. I believe uh, Oakland or not Oakland, Las Vegas just um, released uh, Williams, a wide receiver. He was injured most of last year, so he's out there. So there's a lot of guys they can pick from. For one guy that Derek brought up on a podcast recently on one of his own shows was Odell Beckham's out there. Come on, Odell, Odell Beckham's not coming here. You know, don't even pine for it. He, he's not coming here simply because. He's not going to want to go to a team that's... They're not going to admit... The Lions aren't going to admit they're in a full rebuild. They want to be competitive. But let's admit it as Lions fans here. Come on. They're going to rebuild. They got to. And Odell, or overrated Beckham as I like to call him, is... uh, He ain't coming here. He's not. And I'm more than happy with that, that he's not coming here. I think he would just be a malcontent. I, I, I think he's just... He's your typical I player wide receiver. He wants his. that He always does. Um... Derek makes Derek pokes at me because I always compare I always compare current players to like former lions. I'm like, can this guy be this guy? Can this guy be this guy? You know, once again, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that one on the chin about calling Jelani Tavai a poor man's Chris Spielman. Sorry, Chris Spielman, I do apologize for that. I really do, but I, I often do that. But Derek tends to bring in guys where they're former players, former NBA players. I mean, I remember there was, you know, he's compared guys to like Rasheed Wallace, and I think he's compared guys to maybe once or twice, like maybe um, Chauncey Billups or something like that. I'm going to compare Odell Beckham to nobody ever on the Pistons, simply because, I mean, I don't even follow basketball. I do remember the bad boys, and I liked watching the bad boys then. I do remember when the Pistons won their NBA championship against the Lakers where it just seemed the Lakers were supposed to come in here and, you know, wrap them up because they had all those superstars. They had, what, Kobe and Shaq, you know, Carmelo and I think the number five was like a like a lab or black lab or something like Labrador Retriever, so it it doesn't matter where the the Pistons then were not star driven, so Odell Beckham compared to anybody in basketball, I'm gonna compare him to Carmelo Anthony. These guys that they have to get theirs. Let's face it. What is yeah Carmelo Anthony won in college at Syracuse. Odell Beckham, you know, won at LSU. It was, you know, on good teams down there. Got in the pros. They don't make anybody better. They're always looking to get the ball themselves. They're always looking to put their own stats up. I mean, they're going to say kind of like the right stuff in in, in the uh, in the media, how they're going to want to get, you know, oh, I'm here for the team, help the team, help the team, blah, blah, blah. But really, do they? Do they ever make them so- – do they? No. And Carmelo Anthony late is just like, well, yeah, I'd be happy to go play with this team now. I'd be happy to go back to Portland. Of course you would because you're old and washed up and nobody really wants you and you still want to be sort of a ball hog. You know, you still want to get the ball and still want to shoot because people think, oh, Carmelo Anthony's great. Look how many points he scores. Big deal. He doesn't make teams better. He actually kind of makes them a little worse. And that's what I think of Odell Beckham. He still has to get his. And I remember watching Colin Cowherd where he was talking about how Baker Mayfield? Which, by the way, everybody knows how I feel about Baker Mayfield. I don't think he's that great either. How he would be better if Baker if Baker Mayfield would be better if Odell Beckham wasn't on the team. Well, what happened? Odell Beckham got hurt. He wasn't on the team. Baker Mayfield played better. Baker Mayfield is a quarterback that needs a lot of talent around him to be, you know, to be good, or at least somewhat good. Because we all remember the Jets game last year, where like, oh, they were missing all these wide receivers. It doesn't. He, he still threw for like 110 yards against the Jets. Okay, the Jets blew, and he couldn't, and, and the, well, he didn't have any wide receivers. Who cares? If you're any good, you're going to make anybody good. And that's not Baker Mayfield, let's face it. But he didn't have Odell Beckham, and that's fine. You know, Derek put some tweet out on Twitter about this, This he tagged me, and it like kind of busted my balls about it, about o, uh, Odell Beckham's first 80 games, which he's, um he's what has uh, like 6,800 know, 6, yards and 50 touchdowns. And he was like, "Oh, don't forget about me." That's that was or something like that. Yeah, that is the typical "don't forget about me," you know, tweet right there. It's like, "Hey, I'm still here. I'm good." Yeah, really. And I, so I kind of like looked it up. And I'm like, "Okay, let's compare," you know, him to, you know, let's say Calvin Johnson, because you know, Derrick's always says, yeah, he owes no ill will to Calvin Johnson. But he calls him a quitter. He left the team, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we've heard the story. So I kind of looked it up. Okay. Uh, first of all, Odell, your tweet is pretty much your career. That's what you've done. You've played, you've played like 81 games, 82 games. So that's your career. Okay? So you've been around seven seasons, and you've played 80 games. Yeah. How about you get on the field first before shooting your mouth off? Okay? Yeah, let's break that down first. Could I throw that at Derek? And Derek, Derek's like, he uses stats to, to back his points. I use stats to kind of manipulate stuff. And I say that before. It's like, yeah, that's all stats is. Take a stats class. You're just grabbing what you want to make your numbers look good. So I, I, I looked that up as well. So Odell, I always throw it at him that Odell Beckham, in a seven years, has played a full season of 16 games, like, twice. So it's like, okay, you've been on, you've been on the field for every game 16 times twice. And it was like, oh, it doesn't matter. And people are like, okay, so you look into a little more. So he's been in 15 games once, 12 games, 12 games twice, then 7 and 4. 7 games and 4 games. So that means, here, I'm going to twist the number here a little bit because, once again, there's only 16 games. He's missed a quarter of the season out of his 7 years four times. So let's compare that to Calvin Johnson, because I use that all the time. So I can do the same thing here. Calvin Johnson played nine years. He only played in all 16 games four times. So it's less than half his career. It's like, oh gosh, look at that. How can you look? You're comparing buston Hotel? You're right. The least amount of games he played in a season was 13, and he did that once. Every other year, he played 14 or 15 games. So Calvin Johnson was at least on the field. So I didn't get the exact stats of 80, of 80, of 80 games. So I just pulled. I went, up, I went up through a seasons. I went up to 82 games, okay? That's what I did. So I'm, I'm fudging. I'm twisting the numbers a tiny bit here between Calvin Johnson and Odell. Once again, Derek's tweet to me on Odell Beckham was. In his first 80 games, he had 6,800 yards and 50 touchdowns. Who else has done that? Nobody. Mike drop. I'm the man. I'm Odell. Remember me. I'm great. No, you're not. You're Camelo Anthony. Get out of here. So here's Calvin Johnson. I went 82 games. In 82 games, Calvin Johnson had 54 touchdowns and a little over 7,800 yards. Okay? So in two more games, he had four more touchdowns. In two more games, he had over 1,000 yards more. So Odell, Mr. Awesome, which Derek still thinks he can be number one, which I decree if it was any other wide receiver, because Derek likes him, if it was any other wide receiver, he would bag on the guy. But he likes Odell, he gives good soundbugs, he likes his swag. Okay. He averaged 85 yards per game, is what Odell averaged. Where in those games, Calvin Johnson averaged 95 yards a game. So yeah, give me Calvin Johnson over Odell Beckham any day of the week. Give me the guy who doesn't talk, he lets his numbers walk for him, do the talking and walking for him, over a guy who's going to send out tweets shouting, hey, don't forget about me, I'm still great. So, yeah. So, if Lions fans want Odell as a wide receiver, first of all, I wholeheartedly disagree with you. He's not going to help the team at all. If he does end up coming here, it would be like four or five years from now, where he's still looking for a paycheck, and the Lions might want a name. But I wouldn't even want him at that point. That team's going to be way past that by now. They're getting this team turned around. They're going in the right direction. They're going to be sniffing Super Bowls and winning Super Bowls by that point. They're not going to want Odell Beckham. So, Odell... Go find another team. Go try to be a good teammate somewhere else and just get injured because that's all you are. You're overrated, injured all the time. The Lions don't need you. I would rather go draft young guys. I'd rather go draft Jalen Waddell, Jamar Chase, who Derek likes, Devontae Smith. I'd rather go get anybody than have Odell Beckham on that field. I mean, I'd rather go, like Derek put it, he'd rather have young, hungry guys with something to prove. I would take those guys over Odell Beckham Jr. any day of the week because those guys are at least going to freaking try. So that's what the Lions need for wide receivers for Jared Goff. They don't need Odell Beckham, who's going to be in the huddle saying, throw me the ball, I'm open all the time. I'm a 7-11, open all the time. Sorry, Odell. I just ran some basic numbers. Like I said, it's just stats. I can manipulate numbers just like everybody else. It's fine. But the Lions don't need you. They really freaking don't. So with that being said, I'm going to take a break here. Um, You're going to hear a shout-out I mentioned before, Benny Blades. Um, Every uh, Thursday morning, uh, you get the uh, Believe in Lions podcast with Derek and Benny Blades. It is a good show to listen to. Uh, Benny's got some good stories. They have the banter back and forth. Uh, Give it a listen, and um, I'll be right back after the break. Hi, this is Griff again, coming at you here on a Friday. Um, It's uh, been kind of, uh, sorry about the rant about Odell. Everybody knows how I feel about Odell. But uh, I apologize for that. And it leads me to my next thing, I guess. Is when I was talking about that, I used the word great. And it got me thinking really at one point when I was kind of pondering this before. What is greatness? Who deems greatness? Greatness. You know, for the Lions, Derek Derek kind of bust on me for that, saying, "Are they Lions good or are they NFL good?" And he makes fun of me for that, which is fine, and and I get it because I think there's times where you're a fan, you you think guys are better than what they actually are, and I think it kind of goes the same line as greatness. If I mean, everybody agrees who's Tom Brady's great, Peyton Manning's great. You know, we all know that. You know. Wide receivers, why, you know, Jerry Rice, you know, Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith, Walter, we all know that. But I think there's sometimes it makes you kind of step back and wonder, what's great? How do you rate it? I mean, when I was a kid, Dan Marino's my favorite quarterback. And I think Dan Marino's great. But somebody will throw at me, well, he's never won a Super Bowl. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, but he did go to one. He lost it to Joe Montana, who, by the way, is great. But, uh... Does that mean he's not great? I mean, if we were Lions fans, would we, not take, would we not take Dan Marino in the 80s? Are you kidding me? Compared to Eric Hipple and Rusty Hilger and Joe Ferguson? I mean, of course you're going to want to trot Dan Marino out there. He never won a Super Bowl, but you're going to take it. He was great. Now, it's another thing. Matt Stafford. I know it's like everybody's got the pad stats. and Is he great? Is he a Hall of Famer? Is do you consider it a Hall of Fame? Is does that show your greatness? Because there's some people who say, "Oh, you made the Hall of Fame." Oh, it's a popularity. Sometimes it becomes a popularity contest if you were nice to the media, you know. If if they like you that way, they're they're gonna vote you in. So I guess uh, I guess ultimately, I mean, if you're in the Hall of Fame, you got to be deemed great, right? You're in the that's the creme de la creme, the best of the best. But I still hear people debate it. It's like, oh, they're not great. Matt Stafford threw never won, you know. You know, has a losing record against winning teams, never won a playoff game. But he's got a crap ton of stats. Is he great? That might be the point where it comes to he's Lions great. He's a great Lions player. And, yes, he went to the Rams, and the Rams think they got a definite upgrade. And it's funny how after he got traded, all of a sudden ESPN just couldn't stop gushing about him. It's like when he was on Detroit, he he was almost like missing. It's like, oh, Matt Stafford's here? Okay, but he's in Detroit. We don't care about him. And then he gets traded in, like, NFL Network, four-letter network. All, all you hear is about how great Matt Stafford is. But us here as Lions, we're, the fans, there you know, ready to run him out of town. But guys like me, I think he's great. I mean, is he Hall of Fame great? Yeah, I guess you could debate that. But he's definitely Lions great. And people will yell at me for that. Well, that doesn't make any sense. That's funny. You're, just, you're downplaying it. Well, it's because I'm a fan of the team. I mean, I'm not comparing him to, like, that. I'm going to compare him to, like, other guys that were on the Lions. Like I said, he was the last great quarterback since, who, Greg Landry? I think that was the last good Lions quarterback? Greg Landry? And people say, well, Eric Kramer's good. Yeah, but Eric Kramer's, like, one or two, like, a little splash. He was a decent quarterback. He wasn't great. I mean, it brings you to, there's so many guys that you could say, and I love Benny Blades. I think Benny Blades is great. But I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Benny Blades. So my my eyes might be colored a little different. Might have that little bit of you know, Honolulu Blue, glasses on, where I think Benny Blaze is great. Where other people are going to be like, well, are you crazy? Hall, he's not Ronnie Lott. Yeah, I know he's not Ronnie Lott, but he's still great. He's Lions great. That's to me, though. Chris Spielman, another one. Love Chris Spielman. Huge huge fan of Chris Spielman. Favorite middle linebacker when I was a kid. It's it's funny, like, when, when, I, when me and Derek go back and forth, I always bring up guys like, you know, Mike Singletary or somebody like that. Dick Buckus. I, I never bring up Chris Spielman. But I love Chris Buhlman. Do I think he's great? Yeah, I think Chris Buhlman's great. I do. But that's just my opinion. And I'm entitled to it, no matter how I came to it. Is he NFL great? Is he Hall of Fame worthy? I would probably say no. But in my eyes, he is great. So when other people come to me, if Derek thinks Odell Beckham's great, Hall of Famer, so be it. But I can throw you numbers back and say no. We just differ in opinion. I say it all the time. Reasonable minds can differ. And which is fine. If guys aren't that great, if they're not that great, I think they're not that. Kirk Cousins not that great, but Derek will tell you. Well, look at the stats he threw up. Would you rather have? Would you rather have Kirk Cousins or Matt Stafford? Tell me which one you'd rather have. If you if you were not a Lions fan and you were on the outside looking in, who would you rather want? Do you think the Rams were like, hey, Matt Stafford's available, but I hear Kirk Cousins is available also. You think who you think they're going to try to get first? I heard Kirk Cousins have been on the table. San Francisco was interested. I mean, maybe other teams are calling. It's not getting nearly as much pub because people are going to take Matt Stafford over Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins got a winning record. He's got all these stats, though, and he's got all these touchdowns. Kirk Kirk Cousins, I'm sure he's a nice guy from Holland, Michigan. I'm sure he's a nice guy, really. But he ain't that great at quarterback. He's not that great. See, I think greatness is just a very trite word, and it's thrown out a lot. Or it's just, it's like, oh, he's great, he's great, he's great. Really? But what's your measure of great? Like I said, is it a Hall of Fame? Or is it, or you look at it with a certain level of, you're a fan of a certain team. So, you think he's great or not? There's plenty of people. Joe Namath's in the Hall of Fame. I love Joe Namath. I've never seen the guy take a down on live, ever. All I've ever seen is film of this guy. Seen film of him in the Jets uniform, I've seen film of him, you know, in an Alabama uniform. I think he's great. You know, talk about a guy with swagger, talk about a guy with style, panache, that was Joe Namath. Guy guarantees a Super Bowl victory and backs it up. That's swagger. That's greatness. Yeah, at first his team didn't like him. Go go watch some stuff, read some stuff. His teammates didn't like him. They said, give him the captaincy, and maybe he'll take it a little more seriously. So they did, and Joe Namath did. Yeah, that guy's great. But I know plenty of people, I've been in plenty of arguments with people that say, he's not even a Hall of Famer. Look at his stats. Look at his stats. More interceptions than touchdowns. And it's just one of those things where, but that's it. I'm looking at it with glasses because I have a fan's eye. And that's just... You want the Lions to get great players. And Derek pokes at me and says, You know what? You know, just because they're not Hall of Famers all pros, you think they're not that great and they stink. No. I'm just wise to realize that, you know, we need more better players on this team than just Detroit great. We need better players than that. We can have guys that are nice in the community and I'm fine with that. We can have guys that are, you know, good to fans, and I'm fine with that. But Detroit Lion, the Detroit Lions, to go to the playoffs, make deep runs, and win Super Bowls, they need better players than Detroit great players. And it happens in all sports, you know. It happens with, with all teams, all fans. I mean, some teams, some in some teams, they're just racked with great players. Tom Brady's a great player, obviously. He went to the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay and went and won it. People can debate, hey, maybe Tampa Bay got some calls and helped him out, but still. He took Tampa Bay. Was Tampa Bay going anywhere with Jameis Winston? Was Tampa Bay even Jameis? Was Jameis Winston even Tampa Bay great? Derek still thinks he's going to be a decent quarterback. I think he sucks. Okay, talk about an overrated quarterback. But he likes him. He likes style and maybe he gives good you know quotes or whatever. Whatever. He's he wasn't even Tampa Bay great. Tom Brady goes down there and wins Super Bowl. The Lions need better players. Than just Detroit great players, and if everybody's like, no, they need, they just need dogs, they just need hardworking players, they need this. I hate to break it to you, the NFL is an entertainment business. They want, they want teams out there on Monday night, on Sunday night, teams with named players. They want if, if you don't, if you're crap. How do the Giants get a Monday night, you know, two Monday night games every year? How do the Dallas Cowboys? Why? Because they're, they are big market teams. Teams love to watch those guys, and they got big fan bases. So for Detroit to do that, they need great players. If you want to see them on those games, I know I checked the schedule for their primetime games, and you're and every Lions fan out there is just as disappointed as I am when they only get their Thanksgiving Day game. Every other game Sunday at one o'clock, unless they're on the West Coast, one time then they play at four o'clock, which is sucks. You know those four o'clock starts, I hate them. So they need great players. They need better players than Detroit great. Like I said, Matt Stafford threw up a bunch of stats, but he was Detroit great. Half the fans were ready to run that guy out on a rail. Other ones, me and Derek backed him. So they need great players, either doing it through the draft. They're not. Getting, and Chris Spielman kind of hinted they weren't going out looking this year to make big free agent spending, big splashes. You know, year two, they're going to start building this team through the draft. To get, they got to get rid of some of the dead weight that the old regime, you know, Matt, Pat, and Bob Quinn left here. But they're gonna make, they're gonna, they know talent. They're gonna start bringing in some great players, and they're gonna bring in guys that are better than Detroit great. Why? Because those guys on that team have been in the league in a while, and they know greatness. I'm gonna say that right now, they know greatness. And sometimes greatness is just a matter of being able to go out on top when you know you're there you're able to walk off into the sunset after a win that you it's like you realize i had a great career i know who i am i'm set i'm okay i want to be able to get up on monday and walk around you know not need you know you know 5 knee replacements you know stuff like that sometimes greatness is just knowing that and that's what it is and that's why it's that's why it's just you know great to be a fan because we're not the ones out there putting our lives online. line. And we can rip guys like Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson for quitting on their teams. They quit. They quit. But you've left jobs. and I'm, I'm guaranteeing people have, you know, me and you have left jobs, and nobody's ever called us quitters. They just got tired of doing it because the money wasn't worth it to them anymore. But we have fans' eyes. So that's what the difference is. So, as always, kind of going out on top is the big thing. So that's what everybody wants. And when people go out on top, people say oh they're great look how great he is so well that's all I got for today and um speaking of going out on top I just want to say to everybody that um this is going to be my last regular show I appreciate you guys all listening and um letting me uh come into your minds and listen giving my opinion because that's all it is it's my opinion you have your opinion I've debated with some people on Twitter but um you know, I've, uh, just, I think it's just the end of my run. So uh, I'm sure Derek's still going to bring you the Detroit Kool-Aid, bringing you the content that you're looking for. You know, he's still going to be doing his, uh, his uh, all of his scouting, bringing you guys, you know, all the information. That's fine. I'm sure, like, he'll have it all broken down, and he'll know everything about every guy out there, you know, ready for the draft, you know, him being the GM and all. So once again, I do appreciate your time. And as always, drink it in, man.